Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another special episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helberton, and who's all with me tonight? We've got Vincent Goodwin from the Some of My Friends Read Comics podcast and the That Was a Game video series. I am Blake Anglin, and I was in a local Christmas parade when I was eight, so you may have seen me there. <laughs> My name is Lucas Adams, and I am currently in law school, so games are the only thing getting me through that, and I'm ready to talk about them. I love it. <laughs> and welcome. You're your first time on your on the show. Yes, this is my first time on the show. I'm excited. <laughs> and you get came away from, from the. Very... I love it. Get away from the <laughs> law and get into the important things of gaming. <laughs> gaming is very important. You guys came for a very special. So we haven't done this in God well over a year. I can't even remember. I, I I did this once. We did a we did where we covered the year 2007 in gaming, and I've been meaning to do this for a while, but due to me just doing other things, I didn't get around to it. So we are going to be covering a year in gaming 2011. Woo. So we're just going to kind of dive through the year, talk about things that happen. I have no idea where this conversation is going to go. It's just going to go wherever it, wherever it ends up. But there's one game that I thought we should, we should talk about first that really encapsulates the year that everyone was waiting for for 10 years to come out. We should talk about Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, as year. soon as you I, said I've 10 got, years. I've got it on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Great. What a fucking shit show. Can we just, can we throw that out there? <laughs> to start? I have actually never played this game, but I own multiple Holy copies shit. of it, and mm-hmm. I really want to play it. You own multiple copies? And you really want to play it? I didn't say I was sane, okay? I just... <laughs> it's so bad. I just I just want to put that on record. It's so bad. I, just yeah, like, I mean, is it as bad as people say it okay. is? Yes, it I, is. Yeah, I think so. I got through the opening sequence, which actually isn't terrible. It's like you're on the football field and you're fighting like the the big boss and stuff like that. It's raining and it doesn't look terrible and it's fine. And then that sequence ends and everything that follows is just just straight garbage. Super, it's super accurate for sure. Oh, the reason I own multiple copies of that game because that game was dirt cheap and I picked mm-hmm. up copies for like a dollar. Well, yeah, and that's the kind of like the theme for 2011 for me is is this was the year that I think Steam really broke open for me at least where like Steam sales were ridiculous because I remember buying Duke Nukem 3D for like I would say five to ten dollars maybe four months out of after release on Steam. I also bought like good games like Deus Ex Human Revolution. They were only like four months old for like five to ten bucks on Steam like sales for Steam were insane in 2011. I don't know if that's the way now. And that quick, but they good. definitely weren't. But in 2011, it was like a game would drop to five to ten dollars four months after release. OK, I don't think it was that good. It, it was a good time. It was a good time because this was the year I was like, I have to buy a gaming computer because like games are so much cheaper than like they are on Xbox and, and PS3 right now. It is insane that you can start to see the the slow just kind of takeover that Valve had on mm-hmm. <laughs> on the gaming world with with Steam just really hitting its stride in 2011. I mean, like you said, you had the sales. They were still putting out games. Um, <laughs> it was it was just a good year. Yeah, I've got a few Steam games on here at the list that I hope we can get to for sure. Well, we will. I, I just had to mention Duke Nukem Forever because of how much of a shit show that game was and how excited people were. You know, if you're going to start with Duke Nukem Forever, I think... For people who kind of wanted that Duke Nukem experience, there's a much better game in 2011 that came out. And Duke Nukem is actually in it, in it. for the uh, 
for the remaster, and that's Bulletstorm, which that, I that would argue is one of the biggest underrated gems of yeah. of the last generation. I, I, I categorize that. As, I categorize Bulletstorm under my dumb games I love category. Um, that I really <laughs> it, it, it is so great. It, it it like adds like a Tony Hawk like multiplier to things where you have like a grappling hook where you pull a dude towards you. You, you so you get points for that, and then you kick him in the nuts, so you get points for that, and then you <laughs> kick that, and he flies into a cactus, which then has a multiplier of that, and it's just like holy shit. I mean, it's it's a dumb first person shooter at heart, but man, these multipliers and just the different point ways that you can like kick dudes into cactuses, like oh my gosh, it's like just chef's kiss, like and it's I, a really good game. Yeah, the first game by People Can Fly Studios, if I remember right. Definitely the first one I was aware of them for that because they ended up what making a God of now, did they make a Gears of War game or two? They, they did. Yeah, so it was yes. a, they were an offshoot of Epic, if if memory serves. And they kind of, like a team from Gears, made Bulletstorm for them, People Can Fly. And then, yeah, I think they did maybe Gears of War Judgment, perhaps. Yeah, that is and, a spinoff. Yeah. Did they do Outriders or something this year? Is that what that game yes, was? I believe yes, so. Was, yeah. Fly, I believe. Yeah, yeah and that was a, their first such title. Such a fun game. Such a fun little, like, and, and also dirt cheap. <laughs> It it is dirt cheap, and I think what's <laughs> so cool about it is like you were mentioning that multiplier system, and they tie that into progression in the game, which I think is really smart for encouraging you to kind of get use creative your with your yeah. kills and use all of your tools. Um, it's a really short game, which is probably the biggest knock I have for it, but it is consistently introducing you to new areas, new set pieces new weapons so like even once you get through a weapon you're like oh like i feel like you can actually go into a menu and like look at the list of kills and see you know like oh there's four kills that i just haven't gotten yet that maybe maybe i need to pay attention to the environment more get a little bit more creative to get those last four and then all of a sudden the game just throws a new gun at you and there's 20 new options for these ridiculous ways to kill people it's just like i said i understand that people have a problem that it's short but it had like a vision in mind, and I think it is the perfect length of not overstaying. Mm-hmm. It's welcome. All the guns are unique, and all the areas are unique, and it just steadily introduces cool concepts before it kicks you out the door and says, "Hey, this didn't sell well enough. You're never gonna play a sequel <laughs> until we remaster you ten years later for some reason." Then add Duke Nukem. <laughs> oh, but the earlier comment, I so I have two comments to, or a couple comments I want to read real fast that I was going through, and this one from Clayton Keith. What an incredible year, but obviously the best game was Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> I had to put that in there. I know and, Clayton, he's not even being ironic. That's a fucking legitimate statement. From him. And also from Michael Miller, he said, Bulletstorm or Battlefield 3? So you're, we're not the only people that are like, man, they love Bulletstorm. I, I don't remember this game. I, I want to say I own multiple copies of it, too. Because I've been meaning to replay it, and I just haven't. Oh, one thing you about me one, is I buy games over and over again. <laughs> I, have, like, I bought them for 360. <laughs> I bought it from PS3, and then if they re-release it for Xbox One or PS4, I'll buy it again. I also buy it on Steam a lot of times. So, so does it like stack your motivation? Like, all right, this is the no. copy. Like, I'm <laughs> just play it. No. I don't even like. I mean, this is also the course of like ten years or some of this stuff, where it's like I don't even because I had my whole 360 collection, and then I boxed it all up when I moved in with my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, and could we had a small apartment, and then I rebought everything on PS3 so I could replay it because I. I love buying games so that and I, I mean I'm buying stuff like under ten dollars like five dollars I mean mm-hmm. you know I'm talking the cheap GameStop or buy two get one free 
like all those sales. So I was getting stuff cheap. And then when I got Steam and I got into a gaming PC and Steam, I have to put stuff in for like, you know, a couple bucks or under five bucks or I get fanatical bundles. I found myself rebuying them again. <laughs> so, Stacking motivation multipliers on top of each other. Uh, so that's how I have ended up with multiple copies of some stuff. So that, when that Do you guys out. like that in games? Whenever you can see the multipliers pop up on the screen, I feel like some people are turned off by it. I like it. Depends on, like, for a high score type game, Mm -hmm. you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, like, bigger numbers are better, you know? Like, let's, yeah, put my multiplier up in the thousands. Let's fucking do this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it creates you wanting to do, like, that kind of, like, chain, like, Tony Hawk. And I think it, it creates this, like, high, like, dopamine rush when you're like, oh, my Absolutely. God, I strung all these together. And, like, oh, my gosh, you just see, like, the plus and the plus and the plus of, do- of, of Tony Hawk. And then it breaks. You're like, damn it. So it's, it, it's a really good feeling. And I like that. I like that back to, like, Uniracers and shit. Let's just do a full podcast on that. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Here's. Here's one from Helen Platt, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood or L.A. Noir. I didn't even know Brotherhood and Revelations are both 2011. Are that is really? insane to me. So, well, Brotherhood uh, came out in 2010, actually, but it was. Okay, so Windows, Steve's lying. Windows, oh, it came out PC in 2011. Yeah, yes. that's what I. Okay, so I, I can talk about that way. I, I fucking love Brotherhood. Brotherhood is amazing. One, the last game that I was at the midnight release for, I actually really. Wow. Just for the multiplayer. That multiplayer looks so cool. And it was okay. It, you know, I don't know if it lived up to the hype, but. It, is it that was... the one where you pretend to like, you kind of try to blend in with the crowd and then another person, real person tries to find you? Is that how that works? Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like Assassin's Creed Among Us, like way before, you know, that existed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like for real, just, just like open world, 10 people, one's the assassin and you're trying to take people out it was, it was super cool in theory in practice like it didn't work out as well as, yeah. as you hope I but just, man what a cool idea i just love the story but i mean okay so that that doesn't make me as happy so revelation would have been the one that came out in 2011 i am not yes. as big a fan about revelations it's no. a good game i think it gets too much hate i really do oh okay let's talk about that i mean it's i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad game i'm just saying that compared to brotherhood it is not as good as brotherhood in my opinion I think that is totally fair because I don't know the that series was just on such an upward swing from yes. two being just really great and then Brotherhood just up the ante and then you have Revelations and I feel like it it took some swings that it probably shouldn't have the the <laughs> base building or the tower like defense stuff is oh, not great it really kind of like slows the pacing of that game down but for people who are invested in that story, like it has some satisfying conclusions for Ezio's journey, in my opinion. And it's it's beautiful. Like if you just like those those games and their settings and being able to climb up things and look at these ridiculous vistas, like it it's a beautiful game and it's still a lot of fun. I, I haven't played it. I've been meaning to go dive into that Assassin's Creed series on this show, but I haven't popped that cork yet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, I, long. I, oh yeah that's that's why that hasn't happened yet <laughs> <laughs> i love that series though i i unfortunately have i fell off it after four i played four i played rogue i have never played unity or syndicate or any of the other ones not i own them i just just never the, well the podcast started so I, I i jump into assassin's creeds about once every quote-unquote of their generations because i feel like the valhalla the uh, Greek one and the uh, Egyptian one are all kind of of the same mold. And yeah. then, like 
then there's the ones kind of before it. Like I would say, you know, like all the twos are kind of the same. And then, you know, there's the pirate ones that kind of blend into like rogue. So I, ch- I popped into like Assassin's Creed 2. I think I popped into uh, Black Flag and I popped into Valhalla. And I feel like I've gotten like a, my vibe of what the, all the Assassin's Creed series is. They're all different. And especially especially the last three have been radically different than the earlier Assassin's yeah. Creed. I just, so, I just love series. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so it's much really fun. And I, I, there's so much cool stuff. I just love like the history because because Revelations is Italy, right? That's the one we're yes. talking about. It's no, Revel- two parts no Revelations is Italy and tr- no, he goes to Turkey in Revelations. Okay, and that's two part three with Ezio. Yeah, yeah, that's yes, the final. That, that's the that's the finale for Ezio's uh, story. Which was nice. It needed to be wrapped up. <laughs> it was, and they they do a good job of wrapping it up. I think like he gets a satisfying conclusion. I would argue to his art. But then, you know, it just kind of goes off the rails with the with the present day stuff. And I feel like they just I love the present day stuff. They, oh. I, they just haven't found their footing since then. I I mean, you can tell that things are starting to go off the rails with Revelations, but like that's still a very competent and well put together game. And then Assassin's Creed 3 comes out, which, again, I'm, I'm a little bit of a defender of, but that mm-hmm. game has some has some problems. <laughs> I have See, does anyone know what's going on like in the Assassin's Creed mythos now, you know, like currently? Because I I've played a number of them and I don't think I could tell you at all. From my understanding, they have put a lot of the focus for the present day stuff or kind of like that mythos into the DLC. Or at least okay. that's what I, I believe that's how it was for Odyssey. So I think that that stuff is there for people who are into it. Mm-hmm. But also, from my understanding, it's probably for the best, like taking a bit of a step back whenever it comes to those newer yeah. games and just being like, hey, we know that you guys want to run around in this Viking world and do dumb stuff. So yeah. we're just going to throw you in there and not really hold you back too much. Well, here. Yeah. Oh, sorry, keep going. Yeah, the, sorry, Valhalla, sorry. Valhalla had like a lady in a cabin. I was briefly, but then I went right back. To, and I think she was like on the run from something that happened in Odyssey, the Greek one. But I honestly didn't know. I mean, I didn't care because all I wanted to do was be a Viking. I didn't really care about like being a lady in present day cabins. Um, oh, if I want to do that, fair. I'll play like Life is Strange or something. Man, that's a good game. That's not 2011, but that's a good fucking game. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. All right. Okay, from John Davis, Witcher 2. That is a game that I have asked. Only a couple people had said Witcher 2 on here. I'm trying to find some of them. I have actually never played the Witcher series. I own Ooh. all of them on my PC. Six times. Well, actually, I bought Witcher 1 twice on GOG and Steam for no reason, yeah. because I wanted them on Steam, and I own Witcher... I actually don't own Witcher 3, I don't think, because I've just never... But yeah, I do own two copies of Witcher 2. I have it on Steam, and I have it on 360, but... Classic. Hey, yeah, what happened Witcher when you collect 2, <laughs> Witcher 2 is so... I remember Witcher 2 being, like, hailed as, like, this real graphical powerhouse and this was also when like gog was starting to finally like take off i think i know gog launched a few years uh, earlier but you know cd project red and witcher 2 was a big deal like graphically and people seemed to really like it and then it got ported to like xbox 360 and then obviously witcher 3 was like big like the hype cycle got like big with witcher 3 i'm surprised witcher 2 never got re-released for ps4 and uh xbox it 1. should i i think it's definitely worthy of a re-release that I game is can... very good absolutely yeah, and- because, I mean, Cyberpunk took forever. Like, I would feel like you'd just want to, like, satiate your, your fan base by throwing out Witcher 2 as, like, a remaster to be well, able to play they, it. 
They threw out Cyberpunk 27 to satisfy their fan base, you know? Yeah, after like five or six years. <laughs> like, I mean, because, you know, I, I just like if everybody loved Witcher 3 so much, Witcher 2 is not the same as my understanding. But I feel like that it was an easy re-release. You could have just thrown in the middle of that generation. Yeah. I, I like a, Yeah. A Witcher trilogy is like inevitable at this mm-hmm. point, right? Well, you would think so, but we you have never. So, Witcher it, One has never came out in anything but PC, if I remember correctly. It's yeah. rough. It's a rough title compared to one, two, and three, particularly. Well, that's that happens. No, sure, but maybe even more so than some other games. Like the, the even two is pretty janky. Two um, is rough. I think that would be a hard game to recommend yeah. people to go back to, especially if they've like Played like a lot of people just jumped in at three. Because they really ironed out a lot of the combat and stuff like that with three and going back to two, it definitely has this kind of jank feeling to the combat. But the story is like that storytelling. You can see the foundation of what they were building up to for three. And it just has some solid story beats in there. A top notch introductory cutscene too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, so good. Oh, and any last thing to say about Witcher Two? I have another game that I have I have to mention. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think okay. Witcher Two. I mean, like I said, it's a really good game, but I I, it. it's just hard. I don't know. I would be hard pressed to recommend for people to go back to it unless you can put up with like this era. I mean, it's just yeah. one of those things of like, hey, are you willing to forgive? this time period for how this combat plays out to get to the really good stuff with these characters in the story. Yeah. It's not going to hold up as well as some of the games we're going to talk about today. Is it, is it as open? Is it as open as like Witcher three? No, it's split into like acts. So you have kind of big areas, but nothing like the Witcher and you're, you're moving up in the, in the three acts, you know, you're kind of like hub areas, decent in size, but nothing like the Witcher three in scope. Oh, but you know what game holds up better than any game on this list? Yeah. I have thoughts. X-Men <laughs> Destiny. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> episode 124. I, the reason I have to mention that, that is late. if Mike does listen to this episode, it he, was. he yeah. loves that game. So I got to make sure I, I gave a shout out to X-Men Destiny. It's not good. It's <laughs> just, just crushes what? dreams. <sighs> no, I mean, I, told, I mean, I enjoyed the game when I played it. I will never go back to it. It's just it's one of those games that you've bought it for ten bucks. You get to play an X Men game. It's the last X Men game that we've gotten ever at this point that wasn't mobile. I mean, I know we got a Wolverine game coming out now from Exomnia, so they're finally doing something with the franchise again. But it was the last X Men game for a while. Lo- it's it's okay. It's worth a playing if you got it for ten bucks or less. So, uh, so I do want to somehow circle back to sure. Duke, Duke Duke Nukem Forever, just in the sense that looking at some of these games, it was a bonkers year for some of these t- like. So if you think like Duke Nukem Forever, I don't know if you guys remember El Shaddai, Ascension of the Metatron, yes. if anyone played this one, Shadows of the Dam, Saints Row 3. Those are all like just bonkers experiences looking back Have and you, like, what are you? Oh, yeah. I, I want to talk about that. one. That's a okay. great game. That, that's another Very one underrated. I would like to hit on. Yes, I, it's in that Bulletstorm vein for me of exactly. not enough people played it and they absolutely should. It's absolutely. So weird. It, they're all these all these games are fucking weird as shit it's like 2011 just like just i don't know what they were doing man but they, they spit out some, some I like, jams here i like shells of damn when i play i want to say i played it right before the podcast started or like before i was you know stuck on this but i did play through it and i liked it because i i own multiple copies of that too on 360 and ps3 and i just ran through it it was like a fun just third person shooter it was kind of stupid and a lot of dick jokes and a lot of 
X-ray jokes and you're going after a damsel wearing lingerie, but hey, it was fun. I had a kind of a, spirit, a spiritual uh, precursor to um, the Evil Within games. Oh, yeah, because it's Mikami yeah. and somebody else, right? right? Yeah, um, they're uh, not as involved as you think they are. Uh, Mikami and Suda is who it was. They're not is... actually involved the way you think they are. Their names oh, are just really? on the box, but they're not actually. They were in the original project and they fell off when the project kept changing. But they left their names in the box anyway. They were not the director. Even Suda? Uh, you talking about Suda, even? I, I want to say both of them aren't really that involved later on in the game. There's a whole um, <laughs> What Happened video from Matt McMuscles on YouTube that talks about Shadow of the Dam. If I remember correctly, they are not nowhere near as involved as you think they are. Interesting, because this just screams Suda. Like, it, through uh, yeah, it. The, the they started it. I, weirdness just I, interesting. I, I yeah. want to say they fell off because things kept changing. And they weren't nearly as involved as people think they are because it was all market at that point. It was a marketing thing. It's like, oh, they're they're involved. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 doing it. But I don't think they were completely. But there's watch that a video level. Oh man, where you're traversing a giant naked woman in space, and it's just like this is this is like the height <laughs> of art. Here it's in a 2011. Ben, did you replace Shadows of Dam? No, I didn't. Um, oh, I missed out on it. I, I'm familiar with it. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the spooky games. I it's like the not. idea of the spooky oh, games, cool spooky. but I just, <clears throat> so when you say like when you say like oh it's like Evil Within, I'm like ooh that sounds interesting. And I'm like wait a second, uh, I love Evil yeah. Within, but then I hate playing Evil Within. It's a shooter. Like, it, it, it's way more bonkers and like surreal than like the straight up horror. It's creepy. not survival horror. It's more like RE4 survival horror, which yeah, isn't see, survival that's horror. That's too spooky for me. I don't oh, like okay, it. I right. played Resident Evil <laughs> 2 this week, and I'm like. I like this, but I don't like the remake yeah. or the original. The remake, I don't. That is one of the most terif- That is the most terrifying game I have ever played on this show. That was the one game where I couldn't sleep. So I don't like it. So a horror game. I love it, but I don't like it. I I also get it confused with Lollipop Chainsaw, which God, is a different game. I think. It's another another Grasshopper manufacturer title. Yeah. Oh, uh, Blake, you had mentioned El Shaddai. I have been wanting to play El Shaddai. For years, I own it on 360 yeah, I, th- I think everyone should play. It's like, especially visually, it is. It's a treat, like straight up a treat. To, uh, the gameplay itself is hit or miss, but I've been wanting to do it on the show, but I had never found another volunteer. So now I think I might have. I'm, I'm looking at it right now on my on my shelf. So it is something. It's, I've never I, played it. I again bought it for cheap. Okay, I will be hitting both of you up later then. When I I don't even know if I can say it's a good game, but it is that one that's worth a shot, a play. The point of this podcast is not to cover good games. The point of the podcast is just to make me play games. There, there you go. <laughs> so we're just enablers Perfect. for you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. We are all his mom today. <laughs> you had said earlier that somebody mentioned L.A. Noir. Yes. How, how, how does everybody feel about that game? I feel like that's a very, you know... Kind of split emotions and reactions towards that game, but I overall enjoyed it whenever it came out. So I, I guess my hot take may be that L.A. Noir fucking sucks. Oh, oh no! It's it does one thing good, and that's like facial animations, and the rest of it is garbage. Changed my mind. I'd love for someone to do that though, because I I wanted to like it. It's got it's got Dan Riker in it. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> enough for me, you know. Why is he in that game? <laughs> <laughs> 2011 was a strange time. Yeah, he would have been pretty famous to us, at least at that time. I, could, I, I can lay out the case why I don't like it, I think, if that would. No, I mean, I get it. I mean, there's things not to like. I mean, I personally, when I did play it, from what I remember, I haven't played it in years, but I, I did play it, and I remember really enjoying it. It was a very just, it was an experience. I mean, it's not, 
yes, you can't run over people. I know people had a problem with that. Yes, you drive around. The worlds are kind of empty. I'm fine with a world just being to get me from point A to point B and absorb what's happening. I'm completely okay with that. I mean, the game peaks when you're in uh, Homicide, and then it goes down as you fuck Getting up. Get arson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes down after a while, but it's still it's a good experience. I mean, you see... I love era pieces, too. Like, I'm a big fan of things from different... Like, I love this era, and I love games that are historical in some sense. So I, I enjoyed that. Hell, you get to go after the block, the Black Dahlia murder, I mean, from fucking history. Like, that... To me, that was like, whoa! You don't catch... You I catch. think that's what does it for me with the game. And, and a lot of these games that came out this year is... Just 2011 was full of studios or developers trying to do unique things. And I can't think of another game that just goes for it so much on this idea of of being a realistic detective all oh, but and some people may find that boring or you know that the facial animations don't work as well as they could for the interrogation scenes and stuff like yeah. that but it was such a just bizarrely unique experience and like you said that world it's not super filled but it really feels like that time period. Like One they the, did a good job of their art direction and just making it feel like you really are a detective in this time period. One of the issues with this game is also the fact that Rockstar published it. So people were expecting a Grand Theft Auto game, I think. And it's not at all. And two, if you, there's a, also another, what happened video from Matt Muscles where he talks all about the development of this game, which was really freaking rocky. Cause the guy that ran the studio was, uh, not the best yep. boss. Yeah, I've heard this. Because they, they dissolve cool. after this team, Bondi? They dissolve after the Oh, they, they lost so much money on this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody made money in this situation. It was, they spent so much on this game. And it, I mean, I actually, so I, 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 I only own one copy of this game because I bought this game for 360. And I, it was one of the games, like, my son was seven at the time. I'm like, you can play this because you can't run people over. And he wasn't going to figure out how to, like, go to do the mission. So he would just drive the car. <laughs> and I'm like, and then. When eventually he, I never got my copy back. <laughs> it's actually sitting at my ex's garage, and I've been trying to get it back, and they won't give it back to me because um, he doesn't live there anymore. It's season. the but, second inexplicable remastered title as well. So we have Bulletstorm remastered and L.A. Noir remastered. I'm not sure anyone was necessarily screaming for either of those to happen. Bondi, uh, you know? Whoever published it was because it helped them recoup some of their costs. You might need to rebuy the remaster if you want. I want the remaster. I just, the I 360 version was on three discs, wasn't it? So you're you're going to have to find all three of those discs to play oh, through the wild. game. Well, this sounds like a fun quest. <laughs> I have a PS3 copy of it. Doubt. I don't think I have this on PC, actually. But no, I, I've been wanting to rebuy it. I just I don't go to GameStops anymore because one I used to think I loved that might have you know been might have noticed by now is that I loved going to GameStops and just looking at what they had and I loved finding cheap stuff you know for under ten dollars all the time you'd find random copies and I and game now that GameStop is you know dying pretty much like that went away and I I miss that so much I miss going in and finding random ass titles for cheap I miss mm-hmm. it so much I just do it digitally now I still get that that rush of yeah I do with Steam. I will say for um to 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 knock LA Noir a little bit, this sure. was at a time in my life whenever I would go for like achievement hunting and try to get all the achievements whenever I play through a game. And in that game, you have to drive every vehicle in the world. But oh. there is no way to get vehicles to spawn for you like that you need. So like you can get 
through 60 of them and say you need two more, you're just running around hopping in vehicles, hoping that a new vehicle pops up for you because you can't really tell the difference between them. And you don't know, like there's no reliable spot like that car is going to be in this spot of the map every time. And it was miserable. So when you say the difference, I mean, is it just like one car model that hops in? It's like, well, this is what this is now. Like, Yeah, so if you get into a new car, it'll pop up and be like, hey, this is this model of this car. It's unlocked for like your logs now and stuff like that. Congratulations. Which happens uh, fairly often in the start. But then whenever you're searching for <laughs> the last car you need in this open world and there's not a set spot for it to pop up, it becomes incredibly frustrating. Oh, I need the God. fucking Oldsmobile. Like, where's it at? It's like the, the worst, <laughs> the shittiest Easter egg hunt possible <laughs> where's the beater i need to finish off the achievement yeah i i was an achievement whore at one point but that that went away yeah i i would not that would have been miserable. this game is where it started to go away i got so frustrated <laughs> literally I mean, ruined it for <laughs> in most games of open worlds like grand model for example I'm, I'm there always would be a spot where that car is going to spawn in some parking lot and you can steal it so but this game you can't really steal people's cars if i remember correctly right I believe you can. Like, but not if they're like just parked, right? Or maybe you can. Oh, God, it's been a while. Maybe you probably can. Never mind. It's just, but things don't have locations. You're a cop, you know, just be like, hey, I need this for a just special pull out the badge. Yeah. Well, yeah, pull out the badge. You can make them get cop out. Things. I like the Grand Theft Auto 3 way. Just pull them out of the car. Hey, what are you doing? And you jump in the car. <laughs> Drive so someone who, who's more familiar, I can't remember. Is Either there's no fail states or it just continues on regardless of whether. So like with with the with the actual cases, like you could you could figure them out or not, but the game just kind of continues on its rails either I way. I think it just that's, continues. Yes, see, that's what I didn't like about it. It's like the stakes could not be lower. Yeah, like I'm, you could false accusely everyone, and that he just continues on his career. But I'm a know? different gamer, though. I'm the kind of guy that would would <sighs> laugh at a funeral. But I'm the kind of guy that would have a game <laughs> where <laughs> it just. You soon will. <laughs> it just I, I can hold my hand it can push me in the right direction i don't care i just enjoyed the experience of playing said game usually i'm but i'm different i'm not i mean i'm i did beat dark souls and i love dark souls but i i for the most part especially because of this podcast i love a game that just kind of helps me along when i'm being dumb if i'm being stupid just push me in the right direction i'll just want to keep enjoying your game i want to see what there is to offer that you put all these hours in and and made i don't care if it's easy well i care if it's not i care if it's hard but i, I like if it's easy so i guess yeah it's not the difficulty just like they just the game doesn't give a shit whether you're right or wrong or yeah. like throwing innocent people in jail guilty they don't fucking care it's just like all right here's it is the 1940s <laughs> i guess that that's <laughs> so hey i mean it's realistic i guess right <laughs> whatever we got our man we got a man the man of the right man we got a man i will say that game does do a thing that i love in games with the way it divides itself up amongst its chapters by doing that with departments because i think you go into like we mentioned homicide and then i think at one point you're also in the narcotics narcotics department and then you arson and stuff like that are you working your way down like homicide's the first you work your way up you screw up or something, you do something yeah. they don't like, and then you get like, you go down and you have to work, start working your way back up. And that's when the okay. game, and it's kind of like, it goes over the course of his life and it get his life don't go too good. If I remember correctly. That's oh, a yeah. metaphor for the game itself. I think <laughs> starts off like great. And then we, just like, yeah, fuck you, buddy. I, I want to record an episode about Eleanor now, but I love, we, yeah, just, are we allowed to spoil it? Up. Because there are some wild things that, that happened in that game. 
can we? Because I want, I want to hear them for sure. It won't be I never episode. finished it, I don't think. Might have to. Uh, yeah, hey. in the, you have to tune into the, the LA <laughs> exclusive. So, yeah. I have one comment I want to read here. She she listed a bunch of games. We can pick what we want to choose next. From Roberta Vaughn, she said Skyrim, LA Noir, Portal 2, Batman, Arkham City, Dark Souls, Dead Space 2, Dragon Age 2. Star Wars Kotor. Kotor didn't come out this year, did it, or was it no, the online? Kotor did. It was the it was the online uh, the old the Republic, old Republic, which I've never played, but I'm, oh, okay. I'm Alice fascinated Mad- by Alice um, Madness Return, Gemini Rue, and Magicka. Good year, Magicka. That's a that's a mix Magica? right there. Magicka yeah, was. Uh, I remember Magicka. Yeah, it, it was kind of weird. I mean, I only played it for a few days. It's a it's an overhead uh, magic. Yeah, not Magic the Gathering, but it's a, a little like wizard game. You walk around, you shoot things, kind of like um, action RPG, Diablo like. But you had to put in like trick, button. Yeah. You had to put in button combinations for each of your spells, and it got a little too complex for me, so I I, I dropped off of it. Um, yeah, so Magic One and Magicka yeah. Two, and then they made something else that people really liked. Helldivers was that what it was? Helldivers, Helldivers is great. Yeah, that's the same yeah. studio. I okay, I can you know what? Like looking at those two kind of side by side, that makes sense. They do share DNA. Never heard well, of good the games game. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's good. It's okay. I mean, it's we've got we got better games here to, to discuss. But so uh, people, a few people had mentioned Alice. Have you guys pl- have either you play or all three? Either three of you played Alice Madness Returns? Mm-mm. Negative. I have okay. not. It's on my list of things that I would like to return to at some point because yeah, it does seem like past. it has a a little bit of. I wouldn't say like a cult following, but there are definitely those people that yeah that feel so. like they. Like that is a game that deserves more credit, and that's always made me want to check it out. And I just, I, I never have. It's one of those that has stayed on the back burner. Yeah, it is on Games Pass, I believe. So it might be a good opportunity to try it. I, I, we, we did the first one on the show a long, long time ago, <laughs> and I have been meaning to to play Madness Returns because I, I just want to. I mean, it's supposed to be a really good game, and I just have never got around to it yet. I've been meaning to put it on the show, but here I got one from Ryan Carlo. Alice Madness Returns was such a long, bloated game, but I loved every bit of it. Long and bloated do not make me want to play a game, but <laughs> just going to say mm. short makes me want to play a game. I think oh. even if it's long and bloated, it's one of those that I would be willing to download and jump in and maybe just play a few hours and kind of get the feel for what it is that people kind of latch on to about it. Thanks and then if I'm don't. not feeling it after that, you know what? I'd be like, OK, I I understand what, why some people are willing to stick it through, but if it's not what, for me, what's the best like long and bloated game, and why is it Dragon Quest Eleven? <laughs> <laughs> I never played it. <laughs> it's a game that literally has put me to sleep every time I played it. It's a fantastic <laughs> game that is like five fucking times longer than it needs to be. Yes, I will absolutely do it then. Oh, here's one from Nick Flynn McKay: Mario 3D Land, Metal Gear Solid yes. HD Collection, Pilot Wings Resort. Bastion and Uncharted 3. Metal Gear Solid HD came out in 2011? Yeah, that was uh, when, uh, I guess, 2 and 3 is when they had transferring. Oh, you could transfer oh, yeah, that dumb your thing. file. Although I would have thought that was a Vita thing. So, uh, and Vita's not till December of this year in Japan and then uh, next year. Um, so, But I guess you could do it with your PSP, maybe? Was there a PSP yeah, port I, of, yeah. of 2 and 3 also? I can't remember. I don't know. So was anyone, I wasn't, I played Mario 3D Land, but I also, I played Mario 3D World first. Um, so I was ruined because I played the best Mario game ever made. So I was, so when I went to 3D Land, I didn't enjoy it as much. I was so excited to play it, but I just didn't, I didn't have as much fun with it. I I've never played a single Land. 3DS game, not a single one. So, 
3D okay. Land is great. I think World is much better, but 3D Land is great. It we, is good. We, it, it is a good we game. We brushed over here. This is the 3DS launch, but let's talk about 3D Land first. Uh, Mario, th- <laughs> Mario 3D Land is it's it's the crash ban- crash bandification of um of Mario, where it's basically oh. like it's it's 2D, but you can kind of walk up and uh, up and down a little bit. But uh, it's it's a great little platformer. It's much more focused on trying to get to a goal, but still being in a 3D environment like 3D World. I loved this game. It's super easy and super fast for eight worlds. And then it like, after you beat the first eight worlds, then it switches to eight hard worlds um, that kind of reuse some of the maps and the challenges. But it is, it's a fantastic little platformer. If you liked, 3D World is just better all around, but if you hadn't played 3D World as I hadn't, um, Land is great. And I I, I have a weird memory with it because when my wife went into labor, she had to be induced and, induction takes a long long time yes we're both just we're just playing in the hospital just playing video games the whole time and i played 3d land for like several hours while my wife was in labor i think she was playing candy crush and some other games (laughs) i don't know when candy crush came out that might be a 2011 game probably the biggest game in this year if that's the case it would be yeah (laughs) but 3d land is just i have like a lot of fond memories it's just a nice solid mario platformer in a way that like sunshine kind of gets like lost you know it's, it's just too long to bloated and 3D think, Land is just quick and to the point. It was just nice that it was something that, that felt a, li- a little bit different whenever it came to Mario. I mean, they had been doing the... Or maybe New Super Mario Bros. was after... I think it was before, though, right? Well, New the, Super Mario Bros. with DS. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, they that's had been sense. doing the the kind of, like, getting back to basics with the 2D side-scrolling platforming mm. and stuff like that. And then this was just enough of a shakeup to to be really solid on the 3DS. I mean, you have the Tanuki suit returning, which that alone should get people in there to play it. It's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad to hear I'm not the only I'm not the one that, you know, other people like this game. I'm glad I'm the minority. This was made in the in the rush, though, of all hands on deck to save 3DS rush. I don't think this game should have come out in 2011. I don't think it was planned to. It was definitely rushed because the 3DS came out in March of 2011 for $250. It's $50 less than the Switch right now. Um, $100 less than the uh, Switch OLED that comes out in a week or two. Um, or maybe out by that point. But whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was a $250 system. And it didn't do as well. And the thing is, is Nintendo's backbone has always been its handhelds. Regardless of how well its consoles are doing and or not doing well. Like GameCube era, Nintendo 64. Like the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, DS always propped up Nintendo. And the 3DS hit like a like a lead balloon. I didn't even get one. I was a huge Nintendo fanboy. Still am. I didn't get one for another year and a half. So they basically, all hands on deck, we need to fix the 3DS. They they slashed the price within like three months, three or four months, from mm-hmm. hundred from $250 to $180, I think. And yeah. then they started rushing out like the big guns because Mario Kart 7 and 3D Land both were rushed to meet holiday 2011 to save the 3DS. And it did. I, I will buy one until may, way later when a guy yeah. I worked with sold me one for cheap with a bunch of Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I thought. I will say as much fun as that game was, my like formative experience with the 3DS that year was Ocarina of Time coming out mm-hmm. on 3DS. That was a big hole in my like gaming history. I'd never played it. And that 3DS port is just incredibly solid. It's such a it good is. game that lends to being able to have your 3DS like in your backpack or in your pocket, playing it on the go, and that, as many people will tell you, the game is very good. If the 3DS <laughs> um, is in your, is in your back pocket, must be a giant back pocket, though. Oh, yeah. 
Dude, Where I got the, he's he's got, the, he's got the bag of Transporting jeans. him back to 1998. <laughs> Look, that's, cargo shorts were made for the 3DS. You just that's got you know, all those pockets right and you fill them up. That's a the symbiotic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were the 3DS launch games in 2011? Terrible. It was Pilotwings <laughs> Resort, Steel Diver. Oh, is that the submarine like, game? Yes. <laughs> it had like, I mean, it, to be fair, it had a lot of games, just not a lot of good games. Yikes. It had Super Street Fighter 4 3D, which is a competent port. There's a Splinter Cell. No, is Splinter Cell Ghost Ops? Ghost Recon. Ghost Recon. Tom Clancy something. Uh, it's like Advanced Wars, but with Ghost Recon, that's supposed to be pretty good. And then just yes, a whole actually, lot of blah. Had one person put that on, on here as one of their favorite games. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. I bought it for dirt cheap and I've never t- touched it. And it also, I think, launched alongside Pokemon Black and White 1, which were original DS games. Yes. That can be played also on the 3DS, no enhancements. So the That's biggest 3DS game was probably a DS game. Yeah, oh, just to read, since, since you brought it up, from Peter Vusimilo said, I have an unusual pick, but really enjoyed Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Shadow Wars on the 3DS. It's by the same gang that made the XCOM series, and basically it's Tom Clancy cross a light XCOM clone. Okay, my one comment I had about that game, so I wanted to get it out there. That <laughs> sure. sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Just <laughs> that brief description. I mean, that kind of sounds yeah, fun. That. I bought it for like five dollars at one point. It's, um, <laughs> it looks good, but but and then they didn't launch with the eShop. The eShop came out, I think, e- during the week of E3 that year, which then had like um, I believe it launched with Link's Awakening and Donkey Kong '94, the best game of all time. And Ocarina of Time may have come out right around that same time in June 2011. Yep, Ocarina and, of Time was around June. Yeah, and then and then my big Nintendo 64 port, Star Fox, Star Fox 64 3D. <laughs> that one's just so good. I love Star Fox 64. I can play the whole thing in an hour, get my fill, and then come back to it next year. It's it's uh, it's like a Christmas movie. I love it. And coming um, to Switch uh, online too soon. I know, well. right? I want. It's funny the 3D port has the exact same lines and actors as the Nintendo 64 game, but they re-recorded the lines. I don't know why they invested the money in it, but it's all new recordings of the same lines from the same actors. That's a true super. remaster. Oh, and that like, game also like has. It. It also has local video chat in it. You can play local multiplayer with the camera and look at your friends in real life and on your screen with cameras. It's really dope. <laughs> Not online, locally. Fantastic. Um, okay. <laughs> Pete Nintendo, just be just oh. really going for yeah, it. Yeah, throwing it at the wall, see what sticks, man. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Here's one from Pamela D. Dwajak. Sorry, I put your name if you listen to this. She has a YouTube channel, I know that. Uh, Bastion, a great action game with oh. some of the most beautiful art and music. Glad we I, get to talk to this one. Oh, of course. I really, lo- I played Bastion once. I'm, I'm, I think I just randomly picked it up on three. It was, it was an Xbox Live Arcade game, so that would have been going on around this time too. Definitely Bastion, the heyday. Oh, Bastion was so was a really good game. Like I remember really enjoying it. it was made by Super Giant, who ended up making Hades, which the first game by Super Giant. Yeah, their mm-hmm. debut. And what debut a freaking debut. Yep. Oh, that's so the, good. It's an action RPG where the narrator is like telling you what you're doing. Oh, he hit it. He hit this or he's like, it's just, it's really fun. I, I to... the, It doesn't have the gravitas of the Bastion announcer, just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that guy, that guy, that guy uh, also does like, uh, I remember he would record wedding announcements and I tried to get my wife on board, but she didn't know Bastion. So I didn't really well, like Logan. Really Logan him. He'd be like, and these two lovebirds, they found each other. I love it. You're 2009, and now they they love each other. And they're they're tying one together. They're gonna have a child together. It's gonna be a good time <laughs> with a little like twangy yeah. music behind it. He'll do that, and I'm like, oh shit, I wanted this, and she's like, I don't know what this is. I don't care. I love but, uh, 
Nightmare. Like one of my favorite yeah, videos. I, have you played company. this game since you played Hades? Because it, it's a little different going back after you played Hades because it's a similar combat style, similar like fun, different weird weapons. But after playing Hades, I'm like, eh, I don't really want to play Bastion. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, it's 2011. I mean, so that yeah. makes sense. Because they yeah, made what? It's, yeah, it's just good. They made Transistor and Fire. I did an episode about Fire. Transistor, yeah. Fire, and Hades, yeah. I put Bastion at number three personally on the on the list. So good, I love it is that. very. The story is fantastic. The music is mm-hmm. oh so good. The way it incorporates just not only like traversing through the level and like the background music being good, but the characters you meet have like their own individual themes, kind of like bringing it back to like that Final Fantasy era of like really having music have a big role. But they sing like that. You'll actually hear the characters singing their songs. And it's such a weird thing that I wasn't expecting whenever I played through that game. But they use it in really effective ways. And it's it's insane to me to look back and think that like this was their debut. Like this Mm -hmm. is how they started. And you can see the influences in Bastion and how that kind of helped them grow with transistor and then pyre and then even hades that's what i love so much about bastion is you can you can really see how the studio takes like a few core concepts amazing sound design amazing art and typically what what i like about them most and you can see this in transistor pyre hades they give you a bunch of tools and then like look combine these in as many cool and interesting ways as possible and go do your job and like they're just they're just so good at what they do it's it's astounding to me yeah, I, mean, I this soundtrack's good. I listen to this at work. It's a really good soundtrack. <laughs> and here's one uh, from Roger Weimer. How am I supposed to remember anything I played then? Hey, you're <laughs> look up a list like we didn't figure out. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> um, here's one that I can't really comment on. Maybe you guys can. From Wesley Kennedy, Terraria or Terraria. Terraria, yeah, yeah absolutely. Sa- Side scrolling Minecraft. Yeah, I played yeah. it once. I couldn't get into it. I just got confused, and that was the end of it. I know my 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 old co-host Mike. He was a big fan of that when he when I remember him talking mm-hmm. about that a lot. It's yeah, it's not it's not a game that's going to hold your hand. Certainly, I mean, there's layers upon layers to it. And it can be pretty uh, tough to to penetrate for just a, a casual player for sure. Right. Yeah. Here's no, one yeah, I had a I had a friend that like he played like hundreds of hours of Terraria <laughs> on his PC, and I'm like. <laughs> Like oh, wow, okay. He also loved FTL, which I don't think is this year, but uh, but I remember he loved Terraria and FTL, and I got it when I got it in my Vita, and I was like, like I went with Minecraft. I'm like, okay, I don't get this. Um, you got to be the right people kind of, love this, and you I got to be the right kind of person. Yeah, we should also point out this 2011 was the official release of Minecraft. You know, it had been out before, yeah. that, oh. but the official release of it. Yep, that was so a big, big thing I'm counting for me. It, yeah. Never played Minecraft. What? I never have. I, played, I bought I a copy of it for 360. And my son was like, help me fix this. Help, help me do this. And I looked at him like, I don't know how to craft nothing. And it's like, it was like all these different like crafting boards. I'm like, I don't get this. You're going to have to go on YouTube, I hear. And now he's a great Minecraft player. Um, <laughs> but I did not teach him anything. I, I, I think as old folks, just like, I don't get this. It just breaks my brain. What I think what was crazy about it is like it had released that year. And that, that was... I think ios is what it was that got me because i was still in high school at the time so being able to bring that experience kind of kind of similar with 3ds like just having a phone in your pocket and being able to to kind of pull it up on your iphone and just jump in to my friends Mm -hmm. was such a big deal and it was the go-to game that i feel like most people would point to for saying hey mobile gaming on your phone like this is actually something that can be done 
because I, I mean, Minecraft isn't a graphically complex game, but they did. They didn't really trim anything from that mobile version. Like you could still bring friends in. You had the multiplayer. People would build. It would save your worlds. And I think it was just a big kind of showpiece for the fact that hey, you can have a good mobile game on your phone. Temple Run, also 2011. Call out, <laughs> shout, shout out, Temple Run. <laughs> okay. Top three, Temple Run. <laughs> top three in Minecraft, like the two most important games oh, of the year. One. Yeah, from but, that. But, but, oh, keep going. But, I mean, going back to your point, though, like this was the iPhone year where I started being like, holy shit, there are 3D games on the yeah. iPhone that you can control. Yep. And like with a touchscreen, like GTA 3 also came out this year on iPhone. Um, I was just checking that. Like, that's when I started being like, holy shit, these phones are powerful. And like, I'm like, I don't really want to play without a controller, but people are doing it and the kids are doing it and they're doing a good job with it. And like, that's, that blew my mind more than anything with Minecraft. It was just a giant full 3D modern game on an iPhone. Yeah, just a big proof of concept for sure. It could be done. I think there's definitely an argument to be made that, especially for like a lot of more experienced gamers or people who like grew up with gaming before iPhones of, kind of being frustrated or thinking that like you know the touchscreen controls weren't the great but like you said i mean you could go somewhere and just see kids playing these games on their phones and like mm-hmm. if that's not a proof of concept then i i don't know what is like that <laughs> took the world by storm the fact that you could go over to a family friend's house or be at a school or something like that and see kids have their phones out and there they are they're playing minecraft or they're playing grand theft auto or temple run it was insane to see how the mobile landscape blew up that year mm-hmm. and this one from zach zach honorable mention dead island along with rage is my top 10 favorite games of all time uh, i got dead island on my list as well i have game. never played dead island i own it i own I stand it. Up. <laughs> that is a jank of a game i could not get into it but i know it has its <laughs> defenders it, I saw it because a friend of mine had had it for 360 he brought it over and for some reason I don't know why the game scared me. Like the idea of it just terrifies me and I have yet to ever play it. I want to. It's not scary in practice. Like once you start, it's a little more goofy. And no, I, I know. I filter. A I great know. trailer it's though. Another something, goat trailer. Something about it scares me and I can't really understand it. Cause like, it's not a scary game. Like I saw that it's just, but the idea I think of being in a, being surrounded by zombies and with, are the weapons breakable too? Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. I think, I don't like what breakable weapons either, but I don't know. I, I one day I'm going to make myself play it. It's just one of those things where for some reason it put the fear in me. I don't know why. It's, and it's been there ever since. It's the bugs and glitches that are the true horror. Of I, the game. I don't think you have to play it, honestly. Like may, and maybe that's just because I had a bad experience with it. But it's another one of those where I think it has a strong concept. And it laid the foundation for Dying Light, which is a phenomenal game. And if you're looking for that kind of experience, that that, and that's fair. Dying Light is a scary game with its day-night cycle and how it does that. But if you're looking for that cooperative kind of open-world zombie experience, I just don't see any reason why you wouldn't play Dying Light instead of going back to Dead Island. Because that game was just riddled with with bugs and jank. I'm assuming a lot of them got patched out by now. I mean, this game got re-released on Xbox One and PS4. I don't It was it. a trouble. It's a trouble development, too. So maybe not. You know what? I'm okay with bugs and glitches. I, for the most part, as long as they don't break the game, I'm okay with I mean, as long as they don't make it so I can't play the game, I'm okay with it. Well, I, I don't, don't care if people... things go through walls. I don't care if enemies go floating in the air. As long as it doesn't affect me, I'm, I don't care. 
I think that was a lot of the charm for some people too, though, like who got into it of, you know, being with a group of friends and you're trying to pull something off. And then this goofy, janky clip just happens. And you know what? Like that's, that's a memorable experience. It may not be working properly, but me and my friends had a good laugh. Also with me, I love playing retro games. I mean, yes, some people are like, it was not retro. It was only 10 years ago. It's retro, damn it, people. Like I have a, a weird thing where I, plus the 360 era, I have a lot of like where I bought so many games and I never got around to them because my son was, seven eight you know six at five six at the time and i just like oh i'll get to this one day and that hasn't happened yet but so that's part of it why i want to go back to some of these games plus i just love playing older games and yeah <laughs> you said they, they also mentioned oh go ahead sorry they mentioned rage yeah rage yeah. was a I, I never played it but i remember it being a big deal because it was the f- debut of id tech 5 which was i guess <laughs> it's you know next big engine which i think the the later wolfenstein game the first of the newish wolfenstein games used as well as evil within uh i don't remember how the game played but i remember the the uh game engine being a big marketing point of it it was yeah i really liked rage a lot i i think that's worth a revisit for some people i know two didn't sell super well and neither did the first game for that matter but that that tech that it five tech is just really mm-hmm. good in that game. It's so pretty. The gunplay feels really solid, and the enemy AI is is unbelievable. The way that you know if if somebody's sprinting towards you and and you shoot at them and you like pop them in the hip or the leg, like they will stumble in the direction away from you you've been shooting and will like lean on walls to push back off to kind of wow. like get back their momentum. Or sometimes they'll like swing from pipes on the ceiling and stuff like that. And it just r- feels really good whenever you get into that action. How is Rage 2? Because I think that's from the Just Cause developers, which I loved Just Cause. Did you ever play that one? I never played 2. <laughs> okay. I wanted to, but... I think it's on Game Pass. I should just I, check it out. I don't know what Cinemax. it was. It's one of those that I think I'll pick up whenever it's, you know, $20. And it might mm-hmm. already it will be $20. Because I think it's a similar experience as one from what I've talked to uh, to people about it that, you know, if you stick through for that gameplay, like it's still really fun. Mm-hmm. But maybe the open world aspects or the story isn't as strong as it could be. And the same was absolutely true for the first game. But it seems like a similar experience of, hey, if you're just looking for fun combat in a first person shooter in a post apocalypse, like by all means, go in for it like you're going to have a fun time. Okay. I vaguely remember playing it. Maybe not 2011, because I would have got it on a Gamefly sale or something, most likely at this time. So maybe 2012, but I remember enjoying it. It's a short shooter, which I like, and it was fun. I mean, the weapons felt good from what I remember. It's, just a, it's a decent game. I, I don't think it got the, it got too much hate that it didn't deserve. It deserves some hate. The, it ends on <laughs> a cliffhanger. absolute terrible cliffhanger. It's so bad, it, and it's not even a... God, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. It's almost as bad, if not worse, than Halo 2. I would say it's probably worse because it doesn't even really set up exciting stuff. Like, it just ends for no reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, were they... And the sequel, I'm assuming, didn't... I mean, the sequel didn't come out for, like, years and years later. Like five or six years, yeah. I think it's 2016. God, it's been that... It's probably been out that long? I... It's it, no way. Rage 2 was, like, two years ago, wasn't it? Time marches on. Let's see. <laughs> 2019. Yeah, 2019. It was 2019. Yeah. Okay. God, still that. Damn. That, <laughs> man, you're gonna make me feel really. You're like, all right. Here's one. <laughs> I mean, we. I know we probably want to talk about from George Floors. 
Uh, Dragon Age 2. While the tactical combat from Origins shifted to become more action-orientated, the combat was frenetic and fun. The story and characters made this game quite engaging. I just beat it again this year with a guide and was happy to see that I can go through another playthrough and the character development of some companion can change it again based on my choices. A, a good game just demolished by the weight of its own expectations. Yes. I yeah, I was going to always be tough. I beat it. I played it. I remember hating it, but I beat it and I played it and I will never, I have no, well, I will play it again someday for the show maybe, but I have no interest otherwise. There it was some baffling design choices in it. Like yes. just reuse maps, just to ad nauseum. You know, it didn't have the scale of what you would expect. It did good things. It was a good game, but I don't think anyone would say it was probably a good Dragon Age game. No, because Origins was so good, and so, and then you went in such a different EA, different yeah. way that it just didn't work. And then, and then even Dragon Age Three is completely different than what Two was too. Right, and it's Three's also good. living in the shadow of uh, Mass Effect, which had like carryover between its um its stories. Oh so yeah. I remember- because I think Dragon Age 2 doesn't carry over like your your impacts of your stories because no video game did. Mass Effect did. That was kind of the expectation. Like, well, this is a deep storytelling thing that like I'm going to be able to pass this story on to Dragon Age 2. And like nothing happened. I remember people being. And it just was like a scaled back story, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's all fair, I think. All right. And this comment I was looking for earlier and I for- couldn't find it. So I want to read it now real quick. It's from old something we already covered. I just want to read the comment from Henry Chan gotta be witcher 2 it's a rare rbg that actually has an interesting plot and great characters it also just gives you an entirely different second act if you go with the war crimes l for the war crimes crony okay oh and i'm curious if either of you guys here's a comment i'm curious if either of you guys have played this game from andrew burns to the moon i've never had a game oh, that yes. short affect me that much and that includes journey which is incredible it has essentially no gameplay but one of my favorite stories in the history of games so lucas this is a game that i think we mean you have talked about before if i remember right we have yes yes F- fantastic game and i've i i'm glad that we can at least touch on it i don't want to yes. go in spoiler territory with it because it, it's one of those that's going to yeah. be hard to talk about uh because so much of that is experiencing it for yes like just, with a clean slate i don't um, mind spoiling most games this is one game where i'm just not okay with spoiling it on this podcast and the reason why I know and and everyone should go play it i have to say yes. it's not super expensive it's almost always on sale on steam you don't really need a beefy PC or anything to play it. Like if you have a laptop, you can download Steam and just play it. I think it's on Switch now too. Yeah, it's on everything. Um, yeah, go, actually. just go play it, everyone. That's, if you enjoy right. a good story, like just do yourself a favor, and if you have some, like a couple free hours on a weekend or something, or it's a rainy day, it it's well worth the experience. There, it also looks like a it looks like a game that could have been on Super Nintendo. It was made in RPG Maker. That might be why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I tried to make games in RPG part. Maker and they blew, but this apparently was a very good RPG Maker game. You ever play it? No, no I've never played it. I've heard good sure. things, just never gotten around to it. And it's funny because it's not its not an RPG. I mean, there's like no. some faux mock RPG elements, but it's very much a, a narrative game for mm-hmm. sure. It's just a story. It's a very touching little story. You can beat it in under two hours, and it is. I played it once, and I have never went back to it yet. I don't know anyone who will replay to the moon, and I, I don't will, mean that as a negative. I will for the show one day, but nice. it will be an episode with spoilers tags warned all over it before I start it. So <laughs> I think right. it's one of those things that just because it is such a short experience, unlike some other narrative games where you know you have more time and you can go back, and it's like, oh, I forgot about this plot point, or I forgot this interaction with this character. To the Moon is very concise, and its moments are like you're you're gonna remember them. There, I just don't. 
feel the need to ever go back to it because anytime I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's this is what I loved about that game. I remember very clearly just kind of going through it and having a great time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's, I don't know we have much to say about this, but I'm going to read this comment from Matthew Andrews. Lots of heavy hitters that year, but for me, it's Battlefield 3. Getting home from school and playing Battlefield 3 with friends who lived in other states never got old. Any of you guys were big into Battlefield 3 at this time or ever? No. No. I, no. I was on the Modern Warfare 3 camp at the time because that was the same year. Yep. Yeah, that, that might be the best selling game of the year, Modern Warfare 3. I wasn't sure. I never played it. This was well, it was it was after Skyrim. I would think would have to yeah. be. Once. I mean, Minecraft probably ultimately is. I don't know if in 2011 it was. True. Good point. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, Modern Warfare 3 was big because it was, and this was big because it was like after the shakeup that happened when the Modern Warfare creators left EA mm-hmm. or what is it, Activision? Yeah, they left it to go form the Titanfall developer. But and so Modern Warfare 3 was the first one without them. Modern Warfare was, and I remember it was huge. And I remember like Battlefield was like touted as the competitor, the EA's competitor to Modern Warfare, but I never played either of them. And I don't even know if they're similar. <laughs> Modern Warfare 3 is a weird one because it it's the end of that trilogy, like the Captain Price and Soap trilogy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it goes for some, I don't know, it makes some weird choices in that campaign. And I know a lot of people don't play, especially nowadays, like Call of Duty for the campaign. But back then... I mean, Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 were both great campaign experiences, in my opinion. And I think 3 is the first one where that started to take a slide, because I think Black Ops came out in between 2 and 3. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure at that point Black Ops was already in the rotation. Black Ops was out in 2011. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it was it was Modern Warfare one, then World at War, Modern Warfare two, Black Ops one. Okay. Yeah. And and you can just I don't know like that you can start to see the the campaign start to slide. They make some some weird decisions and story beats. They they really try to go to replicate like the no Russian scene in Modern Warfare Two. Like there's a big shocking kind of terrorist attack in Modern Warfare Three that does not hit super well in my opinion it's it's really just not done well but it's a fun game i mean like i played a lot of call of duty so that multiplayer is always fun that was that was a big game for me in 2011 it it, it had a horde mode like Ah, that was was not great i did not like the horde mode and i yeah i pulled a list of the top 10 selling games in 2011 so i'm just gonna go through them real quick call of duty modern warfare 3 just dance 3 skyrim Battlefield 3, Madden 12, Call of Duty Black Ops, which came out in 2010, Batman Arkham City, Gears of War 3, Just Dance 2, and Assassin's Creed Revelation. Interesting. Can we take a moment to talk about Just Dance? Sure. It's all you. Just Dance? Floor. I, I just want to make sure. Has anybody else played Just Dance, or is that is that only I, me? I've been that, at parties I, I where haven't. it's been played, but I have not played it myself. I think that's what makes it stand out to me. It's weird how the Wii kind of ushered in this era of of kind of bringing families back around to playing games together. Obviously, like Wii Sports was was huge, but the only other game that really did that same thing on the Wii, or at least in my like family and friend circles, was Just Dance. It, and it's weird to think back to like Christmases or Thanksgivings and stuff like that. I like I'm part of a big family of you know. 20 25 people all getting together to have some fun and it's like hey plug up the Wii like we'll play just dance and laugh at people 
looking absolutely stupid while trying to follow along to these dance moves. And <laughs> and I, I think a lot of people connected with that because that those games sold just bonkers units whenever they come out. Yeah, there's two of them in this year's top ten. Yeah, yes. that's <laughs> insane. <laughs> This is off topic, but I didn't want to put this on the radio. So just now, you got where you were talking, my cat decided that she had to lean over the desk, grab my Darth Maul little infinity figure, and throw him off the desk, and then run away. <laughs> Rude. My cat is Fine. thankfully taking a nap. And She's not like Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's that's how you kill Darth Maul. <laughs> uh, so grabbed, got the high I, ground. I stopped her earlier <laughs> in the recording, and then she came back, and I wasn't paying attention because I was doing other stuff. And all of a sudden, I noticed she went and grabbed that one that she tried to get earlier, threw him off the table, and ran away after she committed the murder. What, you little shit. <laughs> so, Mike, I've got one for you. It's not. It's actually not a game I've played, but I suspect you have, and I want to sure. hear your thoughts on it, because I like the series. The Third Birthday, the Parasite Eve game. <laughs> that came out in 2011? It, uh, this is what my research shows, unless I'm, oh unless I'm wrong here. I did an episode on that game. Hmm. That game so is... Not, I love Parasite Eve 1 and 2, but I never got around to playing this one. It's okay. I mean, it's not a. It does. It's completely something different. If you're playing this on PSP or even playing this on a computer with PSP, it's it's not. It's okay. I mean, it's it's not that long. It's a third person shooter. I didn't hate it. It doesn't really add. The story makes absolutely no fucking sense. I mean, I'm gonna spoil it, but it doesn't matter. Is you're not Aya, even though you're playing as Aya. You're not Ashley Aya. You're Maya that went into Aya's body when Aya got shot to save Aya. Have either of you guys played any of the Parasitic? <laughs> no, I've not. No. No. <laughs> okay, that's the story of the game. Is that, and you don't know it. And I get, I got so angry at the beginning of the game. They're like, "Oh, this rookie." I'm like, "Rookie, she fucking saved the world twice, you assholes!" But they know that it's not Aya that's in Aya's body. Oh, it's 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 okay. I mean, the gameplay you jump from person to person, and it's it's worth one playthrough if you like playing random ass games. But it's not good. This is a good time. This is the year I got my PSP, though. I did not get third birthday, but I did get yeah. Tactics Ogre Let Us Cling Together. Uh, uh, I love the Ogre battle and Tactics games. Game. Yeah, I mean, I bought a PSP for an Ogre game. Like, that's just what I had. To do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was a cool one because it, it allowed you to do rewind features to rewind because it's, it's a tactical game. It's like Fire Emblem, Final Fantasy Tactics, what have you. And it allowed you to rewind, but it allowed you to rewind like I rewind specifically to this move 10 moves ago. Because, you know, cool. like that. Yeah, it was oh, a really a, it's a good good game. It's a really good. It's on Vita also. Is it I'm a sure, remake? Yeah, it's a remake of uh, Tactics Ogre for Super Nintendo and PS1. Okay. The, oh, that's the same game on PS1 and Super Nintendo? Yeah, well, there's Ogre Battle and then there's Tactics Ogre. Okay. Is, uh, Ogre Battle is like Ogre Battle 64, which I don't even know how to describe. It's not an RTS. It's not a tactical game. And then oh, Tactics Ogre is like, it's weird. It's like in real time, but it's weird. It's great, though. But then Tactics Ogre is like, I think it even predates Final Fantasy Tactics. Maybe it, it the does. same team. Yeah. Yes. And it was it had like super long loading times on PS1. I think it may have used the memory card for something. And so I had to read the memory card. So it's super slow. But the PSP game is great. It's got a subtitle like all Ogre Battle games do, Ogre games do, of a Queen song. So <laughs> let us cling together. March of the Black Queen. It's really dumb. I don't know who did this, but they did. Um, yeah, I bought my PSP for Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together. It's such a great game. Um, and it's available on Vita. And I'm sure, Mike, if you're willing to acquire PSP games on the computer, you can find it there, too. You know, um, did so. Vita, was Vita, Vita 2011? Yet. That a Japan, year after. Japan 2011. Uh, Vita was announced in 2011. OK. And it was it was also announced for the same price as the 3DS at 250. Um, it was substantially more powerful. And it's also when the Bioshock 
PS Vita game was announced that uh, never came to fruition. But I remember oh. Ken Levine being on E3 stage, pulling out a Vita out of his pocket and saying, we're going to do Bioshock for this thing. Should have used the cargo shorts. <laughs> is that, is yeah. Power of the cargo shorts. I actually, I bought a PS Vita. I bought it for my girlfriend at the time. And then I, yeah. we broke I up. Played, <laughs> I, bought, I bought my PS Vita for a port of a game that did come out in 2011, which is Mortal Kombat 9. We um, actually had a lot of comments about that game. I'm happy because it's so good. I didn't play it in It's so good. It's good. I don't know if you guys remember, it came out the same day as Portal 2, and that was it a did. huge like head-to-head. Well, there's a better game there, but um, I very vividly, I waiting on that one on purpose. Very yes, vividly sure. remember being in GameStop and just staring at the wall and being like, I only have $60. Is it going to be Portal 2 or is it going to be Mortal Kombat 9? And I had to make, make so what's that decision. Choice? Let's make that call right now. Portal 2. Yeah, I bought Portal 2, yeah. I, I or too. wait three months and both games will be $20. But, um, <laughs> no, it's Portal 2, it absolutely. Too. But Mortal Kombat 9 is just, it's its a weird kind of pseudo-reboot for the series. It doesn't have 9 in the title. And no. frankly, I'm a bigger Mortal Kombat fan of like the original trilogy. Once it got to like 4 and once like characters like Chinook show up, I'm just like, I'm just out. Mo-cap. Not a big yeah, mocap fan. No, I'm, 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 I like my digitized characters, but I also like my classic, like I like Shao Kahn and I like, Sub-Zero and just like everybody I know. And so this one reset to Mortal Kombat 1. Like it, it started with that tournament. Like I don't even know if it's time travel or what it was. But it focused on like Johnny Cage. It, 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 they had this in their other games before. Because this is definitely in Mortal Kombat versus uh, DC. But it like you play as four character. You play as a character for four battles. And then it forces you to play as another character for four battles. And like through like this long story. It's like a 12 hour movie. And then, you know, a bit of fights. And it was so fun to, like, learn, like, oh, this is how Johnny Cage plays against fast characters. Johnny Cage plays against slow but big characters. And so I got, like, to be really good. And I got I was, like, forced to play, like, oh, you're going to play as Raiden or Raiden. And so I had learned all the different characters. It was just, like, a really, really solid fighting game. Because I was, like, overwhelmed by Street Fighter at this time. And, mm-hmm. and all the other games, King well, of Fighters. It didn't have stories either. Like, one thing about Mortal Kombat 9 is it had a story. And that's what grabbed me to the games. I played it on PS3 sometime way later. I picked it up for dirt cheap after 10 was Mm -hmm. already out. And I I loved it from what I remember. So it was so revelatory. It's it's a little rough now after playing 10 and 11 in the Injustice games. But at the time, (laughs) it was a lot of fun. It's because another... it makes you do a couple tag team fights where you just have one person that's two against one. Those are a bitch, if I remember correctly. Shao Kahn fucking cheats. Oh, oh yeah. That's Shao Kahn. They, they, they took Mortal Kombat 2 Shao Kahn and said, hmm, how can we put this in, in New Day? Mm. Like, there's it's a display hard. There's a, there's a trick to beating him. I had to look it up, and there was something that you do a certain thing, you will beat him without too much trouble. If you try to fight him like normal, you'll get your ass handed. Yeah, the, the trick is it lets you lower the difficulty at any point during the game. Um, and after two hours of getting mad, well, I, I was I already I the whole game. I played the whole game on hard mode. I was I was cruising through it, and then I hit Shao Kahn. I spent two hours on that dude. Pro uh, tip: Beat like, Khan, just put it on easy. You're still a trick. Pro gamer move. <laughs> uh, from Christian Young, probably Mortal Kombat Nine. I had just graduated high school the year prior and had the free time to really sink into that game. It was also the first online fighting game I really played. Somebody mentioned it, so I'm like, I should probably bring it. It's another one of those, like, kind of like we talked about with Bastion, of just like setting the foundation for so much to come, like. Having that story mode be in there the way it was and how that influenced, you know, Mortal Kombat X and Mortal Kombat 11, um, they introduced the X-ray mechanic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then they just had 
I think the reason nine is probably my favorite of the three whenever mm-hmm. it comes to nine, 10, 11, solely because it has the perfect fighting roster. And that's the only yes. thing to me that has always been missing from 10 and 11. Not that they're bad or that they have bad rosters, <laughs> but going back to those core cast members from Mortal Kombat 1 through 3 and having them all with these updated graphics and putting them in the story, it's just such a love letter to fans of those, that series. Like, it's so great. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, it has, like, licensed characters uh, for the oh. DLC, so they can't re-release it easily. Was this um, the horror, it, guys? Yeah. Is, it, is it Freddy yep. Krueger in it? I think that's the one with Freddy Krueger. It seems like um, they're always the theme, so there was one year where it was like, yeah, all the horror guys. But I feel is this like the one with Kratos, too? Yeah, Kratos. He was, like, PS, PS3 exclusive? Yeah, that could be it. But, yeah, but it makes it difficult because, like, you know, you can't you can't buy Mortal Kombat 9 for backwards compatibility on the Xbox or the way you can, you know, 10 and 11. That's so kind of disappointing for me. But I love a I love a Mortal Kombat new trilogy um, with all three of these games, even though oh, I played them. Good. Oh, that'd be great. So while we're, we're talking to fighting that. games, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was this year as well. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so I figured that there may be some, some hot takes here. I never played it. I love it. Own it. I, I, I unironic. <laughs> Mike's like I own it six times. But I haven't played it. Yet. I own. Uh, I might own multiple copies of it. Yes, but I just, <laughs> at this time I bought like I was big into achievements. So at this time I bought every game off GameFly almost. That was like ten bucks. So mm-hmm. I, I ended up with so many random crap that I have yeah. never gotten to yet. I was deep in GameFly during this era. Not buying. I'm just ripped. But I won't I go into game. I don't go to their website. Don't look at their sales anymore. I'm like, nope, nope. We're not going down that yeah, road again. Nope. Too many games for your mom to find. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I get. I got Mortal Kombat or Marvel versus Capcom three or the Ultimate version, whenever for the Vita, because I'm like, I played Mortal Kombat nine. I'm like, oh, I'm back into fighting games. I'm really good ah, at these baby. things. <laughs> so I bought it. I'm like, wait a goddamn minute. I'm not I do love the art style though for Marvel versus Capcom three though. And the it does have a I think legit good roster. Solid roster, solid art style, like everything of it just looks look the way that like Hawkeye is drawn just looks cool to me in a way that it never has before. And so Marvel versus Capcom Infinite just kind of like lost that cool art style. That was my my bigger disappointment. Oh, that game just from what I've heard. The legacy of NBC three made Hawkeye look cool. I I like it. But yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, the one brilliant thing I'll, I'll say about it is is they merged uh, AIM from Marvel Universe with Umbrella to make them Aimbrella. And I'm like, yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I think since we brought it up earlier, I think we should talk about a certain game. So for those of you helping us test the repulsion gel today, just follow the blue line on the floor. Those of you who volunteer to be injected with Prime DNA, I got some good news and some bad news. Bad news is we're, we're postponing those tests indefinitely. Good news, we got a much better test for you. Fighting an army of mantis men. Pick up a rifle and follow the yellow line. You'll know when the test starts. That was my J.K. Simmons voice. <laughs> so, when life hits you, lemons game. say, get rid of these goddamn lemons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everyone has played it, obviously. Did everyone also play the co-op campaign, which in itself yes. was fantastic? I did, yes. Oh, I'm good. actually looking for a uh, volunteer to play that with me for, for an episode, so. You gotta have somebody in sync with you. Like it's it, it's uh, it's a it's a tough ordeal. Um, it is, and you want someone who's not played it before. That's the that's yeah. the beauty. So okay. mm-hmm. maybe the tough yeah. part, I point, but yeah. two games I, in I, one, really two fantastic games in one mm-hmm. for Portal Two. Absolutely, I, I'll, I'll liken Portal Two to my best day like ever of my life. 
I graduated. <laughs> I it really and truly, I graduated my master's program that morning. Like I know you were talking about being in law school. So like the, the suddenly the point where like when you're out of like your schooling and you're like, oh shit, it's video game time. So right. like I got, I got I got out of my so this I bought a lot of games in 2011. Um, but I got my ma- I'm graduating my master's in the morning. They went to free comic book day, saw Thor one. And then my wife invited my uh, my best friend who had moved away he, for a surprise. He came over and we just played Portal 2 co-op all day for my birthday. So it was great. also my birthday. It was a great day. We just played Portal 2 like all day after seeing Free Comic Book Day, getting out of master's degree. It was just a great day. And like I don't know if I could ever top that high. So I'm never going to go back to Portal 2 because like that so was just like too perfect of a moment. This is actually great because 2011 is my last year of college. We're having a house party and Portal 2 comes out. So I'm just – like fuck this party! I'm gonna play Portal Two over here. Yeah, right. Um, a few people come over, and uh, a buddy of mine brings two girls. One of them walks over to me and was like, "Oh, so you're playing Portal 2. That girl is now my wife. So I met yes. her. Uh, or my fiance. We're getting point. married it's, next it's, year. Portal Two is a nexus point of which True all things can be changed. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't exist. Yes, I'm. I'm on so, board. Love it. Portal Two is I, just yeah, that's good stuff there. I had somehow never played Portal Two until this year and i wasn't spoiled on it at all like, i had wow. no idea what was coming i had nice. no idea about wheatley none of that and i went into that game like okay i'll guess i'll play this and i'm like i fucking loved portal 2 there's an episode about it in the show where i had greg stewart from player one podcast join us and man that game is fucking good so good i just i couldn't and all so my favorite quote from that game is space i'm in space <laughs> i love that I'm so, waiting for my Steam Deck to come in so I can play it again, handheld. I've been thinking about replaying it this year. You it's should. been on my mind a lot recently because I it, it is definitely like in my top ten games of all time. And like I was oh, saying, whenever cool. I went to buy it, I had not played the first Portal. Game Informer had done a cover story on Portal Two, and I'd read through it, and I was like, "This sounds." really interesting i'd never really been super into puzzle games but there was something about just the idea of like being able to go through a portal again as someone who had no experience with the first game i was like that sounds really cool and then going in i just i played it all through a weekend and just sitting through and hitting those story beats on surprise not knowing that it was supposed to be a humorous game (laughs) one of the funniest (laughs) games of of all time Uh, absolutely just absolutely and the jokes just they keep flying and they're always hitting and the twists and turns are super good. The puzzles actually get harder and like there would be times mm-hmm. that I was stumped, but never to the point of, you know, super frustration. Like I would eventually figure it out and it would just be that kind of eureka moment of why why the hell was I not looking at this wall the whole mm-hmm. time? Like, why didn't I think of putting a portal up there? And it's it's so good. It I can't recommend it enough. I don't, I don't know how spicy this is, but I think Portal 2 is the funniest game ever made. That's fair. It's pretty damn funny. It's it's up there. It's got to be. I mean, you guys were talking about J- Cave Johnson, but Wheatley has some great jokes. GLaDOS yeah. gets, she has some great potato jokes, which is oh, one of yeah. my favorite moments <laughs> of the game. Um, how much she hates the protagonist. That's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It, it, it's it, and the, the first Portal game unveils, and the first Portal game is like, substantially different and portal two is just it's just so good and like it's all dilapidated and you're like going into the past of aperture like it's storytelling is really good it's just a fun like it's also just like a really great puzzle platformer and just like the i know i need to get up there and one of the games that i really love that we we kind of we it's not this year is link between worlds 
for uh, 3DS is a similar thing. Like all the Zelda puzzles are like, how do I get to that ledge? And that's my entire goal of this game is just a traversal puzzles. And that's what I really love about Portal. It's just how do I get up there? And I yeah, got you know what you need to do. You just got to put together how to do yeah. it. I got I'll a few comments for oh, Portal 2 I want to read real quick before we finish up Portal 2. Uh, from Leslie Markley, Portal 2 for sure. And I mean, how do I describe why? It's my example of a perfect game experience from a narrative gameplay music character point. Not wrong. <laughs> and I know there's more. No, I can't. Oh, uh, from Rick Highberry. Uh, Portal 2, the overall game design, the writing, the humor, the music. It was a good length, but not overly long. And every single moment was fun and enjoyable. Yeah, it's all fair. And from Matt Williams, Portal 2. Didn't even have to think about it for more than a second. Michael Brian Norris, Portal 2, easy. So, yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about that game design. Just in the way that they... It, it's strange because they don't hold your hand. And they never really give you... Like, there's never pop-up text or anything like that. Or telling you, like, hey, here's the here's the tutorial for Blue Goo. This is how it works. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's all done so naturally of just yeah. you going into a room... Everything that you can need to see is in front of you. Figure it out. Like, go, mm-hmm. like, mess around. You see that paint on the floor? Like, go step on it. See what it does. Um, and the way that it does that while also increasing the difficulty of the puzzles just blows my mind that they were able to go from that first chamber to how complex the game gets later without ever having to stop you and be like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how this works. Blah, blah. It is all done so naturally and so well. Yeah, that's a really good point. Did any of y'all ever play the kind of pseudo sequel Quantum Conundrum? No, I have not. No. The, the, Kim Swift, who was one of the lead designers, I think, on Portal 2, left to found uh, Airtight Games. And they have it's a very similar traversal puzzles game. It's all like physics based. It's got it's got doesn't have portal guns, but it, it's a first person shooter where you have like different like waiting systems like you can make things light or heavy you put them on buttons and stuff if you can find it for cheap for pc it's a pretty darn cool okay. portal like it's, it's in my not, library it's not portal 2 i'll give you that but you know like bounce around with it i mean they don't make many games like this i think cube with a q looked similar to this or at least tried to market itself this way and it was on a steam sale so I, I own it and i was like this is not the same but there's not been really there's no follow-up on this type of game other than quantum conundrum and uh cube as far as i know if you're looking for something portal-like. So, it's been here's, years. here's a comment from John Jelinek. Either Sky, Skyrim or Catherine. I definitely played more Skyrim, but Catherine was so funny and unique. Did any of you guys play Catherine back then? Is Catherine 2011? I don't have it on my list. It's on 2011. Yeah, I saw it there. Okay. Um, I've not played it, though. So It's weird as hell. I, I liked it. It's a puzzle action game, but I couldn't stick with it. I had a really hard time playing it, and I fell off it, and I... I've always been meaning to replay it. I just, that hasn't happened yet, but it's very cool. Like, I love the anime cutscenes. I like the fact that you're in a bar and you're a guy making bad decisions. Well, he cheated on his fiance and he's mm-hmm. having all the guilt of it. And I'm pretty sure the girl he cheated on is a demon, but it, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, Catherine with a K. He cheats on her with Catherine with a C. And I think I want to say the Switch version adds a Catherine with a Y at the end. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, the main character's name is Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and there's a classic run. And my name's also Vince. Uh, Vincent. There's a classic run of just uh, fictional characters with like who are just shitty human beings with my name. I'm like Vince <laughs> from the Fast and Furious movies. And I'm like, OK. Yeah. And I, I was like engaged at this time. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, I don't need to play this game about this Vincent guy who's going to cheat on his fiance. 
Like this is this is I don't I don't even see my wife. Watch, prophecy. I don't even see my 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 fiance watching me play this game. You're like it's really fun. It's in the Shimagami Tensei universe. It is. But no. Yeah, it's it's Shimagami Tensei adjacent is my understanding. Oh, interesting. You know, the way Persona is and this was actually I think uh Atlas's first HD game because because uh Persona 4 is PS2, right? And Persona 5 would have been after this. So I think oh, this yeah. maybe there maybe have been their first HD game. And one other comment from Adam Kessel, 100% Catherine. So I had a couple people that really like Catherine. I just, yeah, it didn't stick with me. There's something about the, I I haven't played it. And it's because every time I go to look at, you know, gameplay trailers or stuff like that, the, the like box gameplay just does not look fun or interesting to me enough to stick with it, to see that story personally. Right. If it was just a dude making bad decisions, like visual novel, I'd be more interested. Yeah, I can cool. relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird ass game. Like, who would have thought yeah. you had a game running around your boxers with a pillow? I want to also say that I did not. I'm. Go- I was speaking off the dome, but then I read it on the Wikipedia article. Basically, exactly what I said. So somehow I retained this information despite never researching Wikipedia. That's impressive. So. <laughs> oh, and earlier, well, what couple games I want to? I'm just gonna. I'm just looking at the record of some of the stuff came out. Alien Infestation for DS came out in 20. Yeah, that's a fun one. We did an episode on it. You can hear all about that if you want to. <laughs> I did Rising 2 off the record. I'm just looking at a bunch of the random about, stuff that uh, came out. Uh, Radiant Historia, kind of a deep cut here. Oh, yeah. Nice. I for- thank you. I forgot that is a really good game for DS. It's a, it really a really good a DS RPG. Mm-hmm. Played on, I played on tablet at work at one point in an old job, and man, that was a good game. And we've got we we we've only touched three of my top ten, so we still got some. Some like hardcore yeah. heavy hitters here. I think oh, the and- only other I don't I don't want to say like underrated game because it has a lot of love, but we haven't touched on it yet is Deus Ex Human Revolution, which that was twenty eleven? Is a very good game. Huh. Yeah, I don't have it on my one. list either. I played it and it just didn't make a mark on me. For, and I know a lot of people really like it. I just it, for whatever reason didn't do it for me. I just bought it um on a fanatical sale yesterday. Really on Steam, yeah. I mean, I bought it before other stuff, but not on Steam. So yeah. So so what what about Deus Ex? I guess three. What do you like about it? The I the gameplay is really what does it for me. I like it was the first kind of experience, and it reminds me a little bit of um, the Wolfenstein reboot of kind of giving you these kind of open spaces to either hey, do you want to do this stealth and go through like you can upgrade your mechanics to kind of support that play style or if you want to go in guns blazing like the game also gives you the opportunity to do that and that was at least my first experience with a game that kind of gave you that freedom even if it's not as expansive as that has grown over the past few years in the gaming industry but it's just a lot of fun to play the combat is a lot of fun to me and i like the encounters and the way that you can approach them and then the story is is also interesting. Like I, it's just a unique game that I would say holds up fairly well. I, I think you should play it if you haven't had the chance to. Okay, it's been on my the, list for ten years. <laughs> this is probably unfair, but I remember playing it, and you're like a like a cybernetically enhanced guy, right? I guess mm-hmm. you. So I you fall off. I fall, fall off a set of stairs like six foot and died. I'm like, <laughs> like this is ridiculous. That's, so that's probably on me more than anything. That's fair. That's funny. No, that makes sense. So I, that would have pissed me off too. So yeah, it's like uh, the the future is here, guys. Yeah, no. If you like those kind of games, like I said, Dishonored, or even how like 
Wolfenstein kind of takes that approach of of giving you the option of whether you want to go in stealth or action. I think that's one of the kind of earlier experimentations with that I- idea of giving players that kind of agency in a first-person shooter, and it's it, it works well, in my opinion, and it's a lot of fun. And I think we should get to this, because Vince had mentioned this earlier. Vince, you had some Connect games you wanted to talk yes, about. Yes! Oh, no. Year. Again, again, this is the <laughs> year I bought way too many video games, because I'm out of my master's program. And I, No, I, I'll only... It's a Connect year, but Child of Eden is a game that I feel like many people don't know about, and it's kind of just glossed over on the, the 2011. Child of Eden is the sequel to Res... Res was a big uh, Dreamcast. Oh, game. wow. Yeah. And it's, I, I didn't know that. it's because Res even like takes place talking about like Eden and stuff. But this is literally a sequel. It's uh, Mizuguchi made. It, Mizuguchi also made Luminous and uh, Tetris Effect. So they all kind of have that same like kind of vibe-ness with like them mixing. Yeah, trance, mixing of the music. And so this is the sequel to Res. It was for Connect. You can also play it with a controller. I was doing it last night. But What it is, is you use your hands, you use one hand for one type of ammo and one hand for the other type of ammo. And basically, you're just kind of like vibing, like listening to the music and and trance wise, you could actually just they they made a vest for that you could put your Xbox controllers with the rumble and it would rumble to the game and you could put your controllers in your vest or in your cargo pockets is what I did. And you could just like have all four of your controllers like just like vibrating with the music and just like this trance-ness. And it was absolutely like transcendent for me where you know you're you're going and it's much more organic than the original res so like there's this level with a whale that made me cry where you're like just like shooting barnacles off of a whale flying in front of you and you know you're doing the kind of like thing like with res where you lock onto the eight things and then you swipe your hand to do your shot and it was just like it's absolutely like the perfect blending of like music and visual imagery it's also done like in an hour but it was it was the reason to own a connect for me um so would you say uh, that's the pinnacle connect experience? Yes, I would. I would say that it, I mean, it, it's absolutely like the, the best uh, connect experience. I think there's like workout games and stuff that like make the connect, like actually like a viable thing. Cause I have like your shape for connect that like is actually like the best workout I've ever had with video <laughs> games. But what's our, what's yeah, our general it, feeling on the connect? Just like the technology behind it. It's really impressive, right? Yeah. It's like, super even impressive. If, yeah. I, I like VR, which I've been playing Resident Infinite. I'm like, I don't know of like a, a long-term application for this, but it's super interesting and the technology works. And and Just Dance was on Connect also. I know my son was was into the Just Dance Connect versions because it's a little easier than having to hold on to a controller. Bringing it back, Just Dance, the king of the crop. And Love Dance it. Central, my wife liked a lot too. Oh, um, that's those... right. They had their own competitive, like Dance Central was a, like they From really the tried to hero, sell that. Gu- the Guitar Hero rock band yeah. makers harmonics yeah it was it was all really really good so i love child of eden and then the other game i really liked was uh the gun stringer which was like a it's again a shooter just That's like double a child fine, right no not double fine um it's twisted pixel the people who made explosion man oh um, okay and not lollipop chainsaw they made they made some did they make lollipop chains no they made no, something grasshopper i think Maybe. they made the maw explosion man and then something else um that i can't remember off the top of my head anymore but Gunstringer, you were you were like a little puppet cowboy. And so you would hold your hand out like you were holding one of those puppets with the crosses that have the little strings hanging out. And you would walk around and then you would have your hand out like a little like finger guns and you would shoot things that you would um, as you as you uh, as you would go down the course. And so you had a little finger gun you'd go pew, 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 to shoot things. And then 
The credits were the best credits I've ever seen in a game. It was like Mad Dog McCree, where every single person was like live action video of every single person who made the game, and you would shoot them with your little finger guns, and they would fall <laughs> down like little like cardboard cutouts in those. Uh, yeah, it's like, pretty uh, great. Tableaus. It was so so much fun. Again, I don't know how much you can really replicate this anymore, and it may have just been like at the time, but man, it was a lot of dumb fun. So that's something that's gonna be hard. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to explain to like future generations, just like the connect engine. Like, yeah, you, know, you just like stand there. You hold a puppet like, and you have finger game, guns, bro. and then you shoot the people who made the game. It's fun. It's like fucking. Mm. What are you talking about, Grandpa? It's like I, <laughs> I promised you what we did. Oh, and as I'm just looking through the list, Need for Speed: The Run came out this year, which is I like that game a lot. It's not good, but I really like that game. I did not play the last Need for Speed I played was Hot Pursuit, which I still love to this day. And then I just kind of fell off. I think I think I tried to play Most Wanted and didn't really get into it and then ended up just also skipping the run, which is a shame because I, I enjoy that series. It has a story. A that's why I like it. I like racing game with an actual story. And that's but it, it's not I I've beaten it twice. I own, I own it twice. It's not bad. Oh, uh, Lord of the Rings War of the North came out this year. I've been intrigued by that one. That one looked like a really cool narrative Lord of the Rings uh, game. Kind of forgotten in the shadow of Shadow of Mordor, but yeah, it, it's actually a pretty good game. I remember playing it probably 2012, 2013. So what's this deal? Are you like a you, the Fellowship, you know? Or like no, you're kind of you're an elf, human, and a <laughs> a dwarf, and you have three different like the styles they play. And I, I don't remember a whole lot of it. I just remember it's, you're playing you're the same time of the Fellowship, but a different area. And then I remember it being a decent beat 'em up or a decent like hack and slash game. Yeah, do you like level up and stuff? Is it kind of action yeah, RPG? I, it's been over ten. It's been a long time, but yeah. I remember Cat Bailey from uh, Acts of the Blood God and probably Game Pro at the time, really enjoying it. Do you know who made that game? Did they did they go Snowblind on to work Studios? on on Shadow of Mordor, or did they just kind of get sucked up somewhere else? No, and I passed up that thing. I can't refine it. Now. Uh, it looks like their last game was War in the North. They made Justice League Heroes and Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance before this. Oh, so they were definitely like an action RPG studio. I think they said they were merged with Monolith Productions. That's not the monolith that makes um, Xenoblade, but the other monolith. <laughs> okay. They did, they, actually, they did get merged exactly with the company that made Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, so it's a perfect through line. Okay, cool. Two Two monoliths seems like an oxymoron. I don't like it. Two monoliths, both alike. <laughs> All right, here's a oh, comment from Dave Heen. Saints Row the Third for sure. Such a hilarious yes. and crazy game. Love it. I've never played it. Have you, you guys? I'm assuming you yes, guys have. And yes, and it's fantastic. It's, it's very, will, it's very good. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the game where you can you can beat up people with a purple dildo, right? Yeah, absolutely. From Joseph Story, Saints Row the Third for sure. Also. I just never got around to it. It's on my list to play someday too. It's I've heard a lot. Just, now. It's just uh, it's Grand Theft Auto dumb fun. Yeah, I mean, it's when they made their transition. They decided to not be like serious at all. And four exactly, is yeah, they lean it, yeah, exactly. They just lean into the total nonsense of it. And like it's for the better, obviously. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, really, Saitro the threes and the third is. I have actually never played Skyrim ever. I, I know you've from. bought this multiple times. Oh, God, yeah, I have an on 360, I PS3. <laughs> I bought the Game of the Year edition on 360 or PS3. Like, I own multiple copies of it. Never played it yet. I don't know why. I even own the what, DLC what, that I bought when it was on sale on Xbox 360, which is, you know, well, useless you got now. To. It's, it's a vampire DLC. You gotta buy it. I bought all the DLC. I never you played know, it again. In, in somewhere in way, Skyrim was almost my game of 2012, because it came out 
fairly late in the year. It November. was November. November 11th. And I just spent the entire 11. 2012 playing Skyrim. I don't even know. I couldn't tell you what. It's, I mean, what, what more can be said about Skyrim at this point, though? It gets a lot of hate nowadays, I feel like, unfairly. It's because they keep um, re-releasing it. Yeah, which is, is <laughs> that's a fair criticism, but I, it's hard to understate, like, the impact that that mm-hmm. game had. That was sure. my first, like, fantasy RPG, like, like really going into the medieval stuff and whatnot and dragons, and it, it just blew me away. The open world is great. The way that they introduce their side stories, which is probably like the best part of the game, in my opinion. I know the like main story gets a lot of hate, and I was a similar way of whenever I first played through. through I didn't really touch the main Time. story for I like my first 50 hours because, oh, I talked to this person, and next thing I know, I'm on a quest for the Dark Brotherhood and this Assassin's uh, Guild and stuff like that. And the way that it naturally introduces that stuff and then also makes those missions compelling is just done so well in that world and there's multiple multiple guilds and like multiple little quest lines that you can go down and it's it's such a good experience yeah it's on my list i just it's such a big game that i just can't i, I it, it oh, keeps me away games that are so huge like that i stay away from because i like my linear game Right, so well, you it, probably would like the game that um, got shat on for being linear <laughs> that was released <laughs> on the same day um, as Skyrim. Uh, Skyrim would be uh, Skyward Sword. Um, <laughs> would that be the same day? That's insane. Yeah. Uh, well, 11, 11, 11. Okay, I'm almost wow. positive. They were My wiki says games. November 18th for Skyward Sword. Ah, okay, so it's a week later. Okay. Well, well I actually Sky- never played North, it. North American, and then maybe it was Japan 11, but, 11. But, um, but absolutely. No, like, Japan was November 23rd. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. These are absolutely like two parallel points of uh, video game development. And I think like you have to understand, like at this time, like Japan was kind of getting shat on is like Japan's falling apart. They're not keeping up with Western developers. Yeah. Bioware, and, uh, Mass Effect. Yeah. yeah. And like KJ oh, had just quit Capcom like the year before. Uh, he was the Mega Man guy. And he was like talking about like video games in Japan need to evolve or they're going to die. And Japan fucking sucks and they're behind. And then you get Skyrim that comes out and it's like this big, huge flashpoint for video games like open computer style art, Western RPGs. And then Skyward Sword comes out and it's like it's an open world, kind of like Skyrim, except it's like very on rails. And you have to like do things like very prescriptive style. And there's not like a lot of ways you can go off the beaten path. And so that was like a point where people are saying like Nintendo sucks and they're behind. And (laughs) Skyrim is like the future. And I mean, I can't, that kind of bears out in like the breath of the wild is much more substantially open kind of related to Skyrim, but Skyrim was just so big. And I feel like the amount of like open world RPGs and do whatever the fuck you want games of the PS4 generation are a direct response to Skyrim. And I guess all out in oblivion, but yeah, I think that's fair. I would like to call out my favorite part of Skyrim is the, um, the skill tree which sounds like a weird thing, but I'm obsessed (laughs) with it because whenever you go to upgrade your character, you look up to the constellations and each like thing that you want to upgrade, whether that's lock picking or sneaking or magic or combat, each has its own individual constellation and you fill in the stars to upgrade those areas. And that's such a unique and cool way to introduce a upgrade screen instead of it just being, Hey, here's a menu and Go through and pick whatever you want and just slide the numbers a little bit and that'll that'll be good to go. Like I really appreciate just how they kind of lean into the 
the mystical and like really putting you in that time period and be like, no, this is a logical thing that makes sense. Like look up to the constellations. You can upgrade that way. You can talk better. You can, you have better speech now. <laughs> oh, here's a comment I want to read from Sergio Silva. He said, mind Jack. No, I'm joking. My favorite 2011 game is St. Charles the third. Mind Jack is fucking awful. Don't ever play it. <laughs> it is. So I play, especially this is, this is achievement horror, Mike. I would play most games. I could not play Mind Jack. It was that terrible. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm on easy. I don't give. I can't. Just I don't game that show. That terrible. I bought it twice, but terrible game. I bought it second time after I played it the first time. But yeah, that's, that's, that's not cool there. <laughs> the only thing I know about Mind Jack is that it is memorable to me as having one of the most bland covers of any <laughs> of any box art I've ever seen. And I, I it got my attention though because it was. It was published by Square Enix. So I was excited to play it, and it was one of my, it was a huge disappointment when I played it. Mm. Huge. So yeah, don't 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 play that game ever. Uh, Skyward Sword. I have never played, but I keep meaning to go back to one day. It's all right. Buy the Switch version. Of I, it. I have also never played it. I hate I, those I, controls. I yeah, I never played the uh, the the Wii uh, game. I mean, the, the prospect it's the selling point. It's like I don't really want to stand and use my arm and like no, a fancy fancy move for fifty hours. Like it's like oh well, it's heavily based on like. When you attack this thing, you got to do diagonal angles and then up angles. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just well, and you also had to buy the additional like we motion, motion plus. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm a Nintendo Mark. Remote. So, I, yeah, you did. I'm a Nintendo Mark. So I already had it. But 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 I just I'm like, I don't want to play this type of game for, for 50 hours. And it's supposed supposedly like that long. I played it on the Switch. It's fine. It's fun to see like, oh, here's another 3D style Zelda like Ocarina and Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Again, because like Breath of the Wild is so, such a radical departure, and yeah. they haven't made another 3D Zelda in 10 years. So if you haven't played Twilight Princess, which is 15 years old at this point, like, here's another one that you didn't play. And I'm like, yeah, I like it, but also <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel compelled to finish it. So, But it, it, it's enjoyable for what it is. Its puzzles are clever, but I may just be 3D zelda out of this type of um, style. It makes sense. I know one game that Blake has been dying to talk about is a Mass Effect 2. For PS3. Well, <laughs> oh, it didn't come off for 360 Where to begin? It, I have to say, it was 360 in 2010, and then I think the PlayStation 3 version was eh, 2011. I played it in 2011, so if that helps. Eh, uh-huh. You know what? I'll, I'll, it's fine. <laughs> I'll, let's, talk, uh, let's talk about it real quick. Man. So I just I just refinished it not too long ago, thanks to the uh, Legendary Edition. <laughs> but, uh, God, that was just, just such a seminal game in my like gaming career. I don't. I honestly don't even know where to begin. Like, I just has everyone here played it? I, yes. I have, oh, absolutely. One of, one of I my have a story. All time. Such a oh, let's hear it. Oh, so when I was so my my the story that this memory will always be ingrained in my brain, not for a good reason. I was playing Mass Effect Two. I worked at Sam's Club, and I couldn't sleep that night because I was having terrible, <laughs> terrible tooth pain because I needed to get a root canal, which I didn't know at the time. And I and I couldn't sleep, so I'm like, if I gotta stay awake, if I'm in so much pain, I'm just gonna play Mass Effect Two. So I play Mass Effect Two all night instead of sleeping to go to work the next day. Went to work, was still in terrible pain, got an emergency appointment for a dentist, which I hadn't seen like five years at the time because insurance, because I was in my early 20s. And then like, yeah, you need a root canal and a crown. And I that memory has always stuck with me because of Mass Effect 2, because they're joined together now that I was playing Mass Effect 2 that night. And I think I did Kasumi stolen memory that night, too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not a good one. I but. think I think the suicide mission might be one of just the best segments in gaming. Just the lead up to it, the, the stake, every every bit about it is just gaming nirvana i think that's what makes it so great is the stakes are set up just immediately i mean people like to talk about you know greatest 
opening moments in games, like seeing Rapture and stuff like that. But to me, in my mind, Mass Effect 2 stands out as just immediately saying, hey, this is a sequel. This is bigger. The stakes are high because of what we're doing right here in the opening. And then it just never lets up. Framing the entire That's game cool. around that suicide mission is such a smart thing to do. And then the fact that they really hold you accountable with that regard of being like, hey, this this is a suicide mission. If you don't do everything right, like these people that you care about, these characters that you've come to love, they they will die like you. And that, that just didn't happen. Right. Like, I mean, like, obviously you can lose depends. characters. In, right. But like, so Final Fantasy seven, just as an example, like you, you lose Eris, but that's part of the story. But like right. I play Mass Effect 2 and I lose Miranda and Jack. My friend loses Jacob and Thane. You know, that's like an organic fucking tale that just it was just mind blowing to me. Like these organic stories that come about based on your choices and events that happen to, to you in the game. is just See, phenomenal. When, when I played, nobody died because the guy told me what to do. Yeah. Full, so full this, blind for the first. Part. Yeah. This was my first game that I ever played with like relationships and relationship management. Like I, I had more fun. I, I mean, the missions themselves, I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. It's kind of a heart, uh, a uh, hot take. It's like, Oh, it's just walk down a corridor, shoot a few things, but I really want to yeah. get back to the ship. And I'm going to talk to everybody after this mission. And it was the first game where I'm like, oh, I'm going to hook up with this character, which I've never I don't know. I've never played a dating sim. Maybe I should, because that was like my goal is like I'm going to hook up with every single person on the ship. That was my goal. I think I hooked up with the guy. Jacob was his name like that. He was he was my main. That was Fim Shep. And I was like, I'm going to hook up with this guy. And now that that, I, that was my entire goal. And I've, I've had I had more fun with that. And that was so novel to me. The idea the of just, like, talking to all good. my characters. Yeah, they were all well acted. I mean, I, most, before this, I came from like the time where like video game stories suck. I'm not paying attention to anything. These cutscenes are way too long and they don't know how to edit. And then Mass Effect is just really, really solid. And the characters are good. They're well acted. It was it was it was more fun for me to just go back and talk to everybody after every mission. And that was super novel to me. So then when my characters die, it's like, God damn it. Um, or I'd make decisions like, yeah, I know Jack is an asshole. But Jack is like really powerful for my team. So we just need to be cool, guys. So I think like I, I ended up being more of a renegade because I would just defend Jack just to please her and make her happy at the expense of everybody else in my team because I needed her for her, her powers. Or at least I yeah, thought so. I, I listened to fucking Jacob. He was like, just send me send me into the into the, the vents, bro. Like, I'll, I'll volunteer. And I was like, well, fuck it. Yeah, fucking Jacob. Do it. Sure. No, and I'm like, but Jacob, <laughs> I love you. I love you, Jacob. You're not doing that. Miranda, who I don't like, you're going in there. It is insane to me that for every character that they introduce throughout the course of that game, they each one of them just hits a high mark for for me. Of <laughs> Absolutely. Like, They're all so good. The, that, that cast of characters is so good. And the way that they do the like progressing your relationships of like talking to them and then you got to go on a mission with them and stuff like that. And you want to because each individual character just has such an interesting and different kind of story than what any other character is going through, whether that's, you know, Thane and his kind of religious background or even Garrus just turning into a badass rebel for some reason. Like they they really part with introducing a character and immediately that character just grabbing you and be like, yeah, no, this is somebody that I want to get to know and spend time with. Like they have interesting stuff going on i kind of want to see this through to the end morden just my the goat for me morden is <laughs> so i would die great. for morden 
I can't remember any of the characters. All I remember is the one memory of me getting a root canal. Everything else in this game, I don't remember. <laughs> it's, it's, all it's, it's all so blank. And oh. So, oh, is there any? Is it Mass Effect Two? Was there anything else? Because I, I did. I, I have a segue that I, I want to get to. Sure, that, no, please do. So we talk about great intros, uh, and Mass Effect Two is absolutely up there. But I think Dead Space Two, which also came out in 2011, I was just has go there. Perhaps <laughs> the greatest like introductory segment of all time, and I, I firmly believe that. I'm actually well at the time that you're hearing this. There's a very good chance I've already played Dead Space Two on the show because I'm. Oh no, yeah, I would have. Yeah, because I'm. We're actually doing Dead Space Two here real soon. I have not. I'm fine with talking, but I have not played it in since shortly after it came out, and I can't wait to go back to it. So good, and just but just the intro. I mean, it's just a high watermark, and holy fucking shit, what is happening right now? Like moments in gaming, so good. I'm Easily so excited one of the to replay games that I've played. Oh, ab- I mean, absolutely. Dead, Dead Space One is very, very good, and I'm I'm glad that's getting a remake. I hope that it sells well because I'd love to see Dead Space Two get the same treatment because it's just oh, it's absolutely. just a step up in every way, in my opinion. From you know guns to the story to the setting to the enemy design, those freaking babies just haunt my dreams the eyeball it's so well done just so the trailer i just remember the trailer i'm actually watching it right now as we're talking it has rat in a cage which i don't even like i didn't know the song at the time but that is a fucking awesome trailer you just look up official launch trailer dead space 2 i have when you say right is that like you mean the smashing pumpkins that was but on my rage i'm still just a rat in the cage (laughs) the only reason i know the song (laughs) because of the trailer I never looked at Smashing Pumpkins. I love it. So it's out. I, I don't remember anything about the game other than I remember I really, really liked it. I think I blocked it out because at the time that this game came out that I played it was the same time my ex had came back to visit because I lived with her parents because we had a kid together and she left. Long story. But she came back to visit and she brought her husband. We had just been broken up for like maybe a year and a half. And I remember and I remember him bringing this game with him. And I so that's my awesome memory of this game. It's not a good thing, but... <laughs> What? <laughs> awkward situation. Let's do a, let's just do a podcast on that whole story. Uh, it will come up more in depth when I when I or you came up in depth. I'm sure when I cover this episode, it's going to come up because it's oh my god, game. such a good game. Absolutely, I will say just as a small dig against Dead Space Two, that game does have random difficulty spikes that can be frustrating at times. Like there's an elevator sequence that sticks out in my mind. Anytime I think about Dead Space 2 for just being stuck on it for way longer than I probably should have. I don't know if it was just me, but it seem, it gets difficult at times. I seem to remember like a zero G segment that was a little wonky. Maybe maybe that was another Dead Space, but there was one where you're in like zero G and it's just a little disorienting. And there is some zero G in one, but I think it's not what you're thinking. I think it's your two or three. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. It's been a while. I, that's why I'm so excited for the remake. As someone else pointed out, like that's going to be exciting. I'm just excited to replay too. <laughs> well, I already did play too. <laughs> I'm hearing it. Nah, the remake does look cool though. Oh, and since this is a comment that I was going to read before we segue into Dead Space Two, but from AJ Gonzalez, probably Dead Space Two, but Warhammer 40k Space Marine will always have a special place in my heart. That is a decent game if you never played it. Never played it. It's just a hack and slash kill things, and you're set in the 40k universe, which doesn't mean anything to me. But cool game. I bought it for 360 and PS3. Yeah, I remember it being. I I, I bought it on sale. I don't. I never played it, but uh, on a Steam sale. But I, I do remember it being like, just like me. Yes, uh, it's very very similar path. <laughs> and okay, so 
But uh, yeah, I remember it being touted as like, oh, this is a, there's a lot of Warhammer games, and there really are. But this is one of the better ones. Was what I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. It was and Space Marine sounded interesting enough. I bought it and never fired it up. But well, here's a random question I want to read from Sean McCauley. Dungeons of Dreadmore, so good I forced my way through the really weird art. Played the fuck out of this. Never, never, never have either. I just it was a, it was a most comments are the same games, and that one was different. So I wanted to read that. Dungeons here's, of Dreadmore. Yeah, it sounds I, vaguely familiar. Uh, oh, that's about all I got. Here's one from OM because I can't read his name. So I apologize. Uh, there were a few great games that year, like Limbo or Porter 2, but I will just list the ones I played the most. I mean, there's a bunch of other, like Dark Souls, Skyrim. But Limbo, I fucking hate Limbo. Oh, I fucking love Limbo. Oh, that. really? I, I think it's a shit game. 2011. That's a good game. <laughs> I don't I, know I why. It. It's a hot take, but, and I know that, but I did not enjoy Limbo. Like, sure, they made a I great game. It looks cool. It. I do not enjoy it at all. Literally number two on my top ten of the year. So Sorry, I, just, I had to get it out there. I just don't. So know. what I mean, is it you game. don't like about it? I died a lot. I don't like. I don't. I didn't like the art style. I didn't like everything being black and white. I didn't just. I oh, maybe so could have been the whole thing. Like, it might have been the time when I played this game. I played this game back in 2011 or 2012 or whenever it held when it went on sale. I would have picked it up because people talked about it and I just didn't enjoy it. Actually, actually, wait, I played this on PS4 and an HD collection. I still didn't enjoy it. So I don't know. I will replay it someday for the show because I should, but I just don't like it. Yeah, I, I, it, something didn't click with me for it. Like, I mean, I like traversal puzzles, as we mentioned with Portal 2. And this is, again, just like try to get to a place to get to a place and, you know, work within your environment. And for some reason, Limbo just never worked for me. And I, I've tried a few times. I don't know. Just never How did liked you it. guys feel about Inside? Did you take I the never leap even on that one? It. No? Oh, no. either. Yeah. I, I I didn't like it as much as Limbo, which seems to be kind of contrarian, but I, I do. I loved them both. Absolutely. Okay. And then another, there's a couple games I'm purposely waiting on to bring. Oh, we're going to start wrapping this up yeah. soon because we're getting on two hour mark of recording. <laughs> One game that we, we have to mention that uh, actually a few people have said on here, which I don't have as fond memories of. Let's see. Where's the question I can read it with? Okay, from Joseph M. Okay, so my favorite game that came out that year was Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception. Why? I never had a console growing up, and when my dad bought us PC games, they were almost always used and a couple years old. When I finally was able to afford to buy my own console, they were used like the GameCube. I finally saved enough money to buy my own PS3, which I still have this day, which came with Uncharted 3. I I played this once years later, and I did not enjoy it as much as 2 or 4. No, I, I feel like, like that's how most readers. people... Yeah, feel about it, which which sucks uh, because I don't know. It, it's weird how similar it is to Gears of War three, which also released this year in that it was the conclusion to a trilogy. And for whatever reason, I just feel like people weren't as hot on it as the the game that preceded it. But yeah. it's still a really solid game. Like it has some incredible set pieces, whether it's the cruise ship sinking or like the whole plane sequence is very cool and i i think it's a good satisfying conclusion to that trilogy i just think they're boring i've just always found the, <laughs> uncharted I one is the not whole good. uncharted i just mm-hmm. they just don't do it for me it's just, good then it's yeah not... i love tomb raider i love the tomb raiders that are modeled after uncharted but i don't like uncharted <laughs> i don't know what the difference the, is the dude raider doesn't do it for me for i think it's the bow and arrow it just rules in tomb raider oh yeah it does yeah have yeah. make Two and four of Uncharted are fucking amazing. One is it's just hard and doesn't age as well because that game has some huge One difficulty spikes. So bad. Three, I think I just had issues with the fact that I didn't like every Uncharted game. Spoiler alert has a supernatural element to it, and I didn't mm-hmm. like where they go in three with the element. I didn't. It just didn't do it for me. 
So, but I want to play it again because I want to see maybe. Also, I don't know my opinion with colors. I played one, then two, then three. So I might have just been like, "Fuck this! I'm tired of this." Don't play all three in a row in, in one like. Yeah, month. that's that's how I did it. I did it with the collection, and yeah, so, I think I got a little burnt out. I just bought all three on on PS3 at different times and <laughs> put them all together. Because there was definitely like a, a collection, the Uncharted collection, which was also a PS Plus game for PS4 at one point. Yeah, on PS4, it's, it's definitely worth replaying. I think. Like you said, approaching it the best way would probably be deciding to play it individually. So you're not, you know, coming off the the adrenaline rush of two and just how two kind of really hit all the notes that it needed to. And then going into three and it being more of the same and you're just kind of burnt out. I think playing three kind of in a box helps to highlight the fact that like, no, like this is what the studio made a name for itself with like those set pieces. And they're they're still just as good in three. Like it has some really good moments. Okay, and then there's another game we should mention, which has been on the show before. Batman Arkham City came out this year. Yes, and a lot of people put that as their top game. Mm-hmm. It's on a my list. A lot of people did. Not number one, but I think it is a fantastic game, and in my opinion, maybe the best licensed video game of all time. Can you played Arkham Origins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for better Arkham Origins. I'm not saying the best. I just had to make that joke. I don't think I did. I played uh, obviously Asylum and Arkham Knight. I don't think I ever played Origins. You should play Origins. Oh, it's... You... I also never played Origins. I just stuck with that main most yeah. of the game trilogy. I will defend Origins forever. I am a big fan, but <laughs> I did an episode about it too, and I, I really like that game. I just I think it gets way too much hate. But a couple comments I want to read before we dig into Arkham City. Brad Golding, Arkham City for sure. I know there's more, but I can't find them at the moment. But a lot of people did put Arkham City here as their one of their top games. Yes. I bought it at midnight. I went and picked it up. I played it that night. Or no, I didn't buy this game at midnight. I bought Arkham Town at midnight. I actually was going to buy this at midnight, but instead I ordered on Amazon because it was $10 cheaper and I got a shirt. So <laughs> Fucking bargain. How are you going to get that Catwoman DLC exclusive to It came with it. Oh, I got, No, the Catwoman came with new games. Okay. The exclusive oh, was DLC that, was that at the time was or Robin was exclusive at Best Buy. I don't think GameStop had an exclusive one for this one. GameStop did have an exclusive one before for Arkham Asylum, which was the Scarecrow crap. Another big uh, multiplayer game. Shout out or multipliers, not multiplayer or multipliers. Say, does Arkham City have multiplayer? No, no. Arkham uh, multi- multipliers galore, though. Yeah, that I, is actually thought- a fun mode. I, I it like is yeah, fantastic absolutely fantastic combat and just a great way to showcase it it's such a good game it, it arkham city still holds up i played it flash this year i don't fucking remember i did it on the show go look it up but i played it we it was a great <laughs> i had a great time still it still holds up yeah it was a All great right. like upgrade from our uh, asylum which is basically like a really self-contained metro yeah. from two years earlier yeah and it's really solid it's kind of like the alien to aliens uh jump where just like sure. everything was bigger and kind of changing the genre into an open world action RPG. And I think it, it's for the, for the better to just make them like radically different games. I still like Asylum more. I think it's just a little more tight. Um, and I like the story it's telling a little more. But City is a really cool game. I, I played it in the wake of Spider-Man 2018. So I, I was more into Spider-Man than I was into to Batman. But what are you going to do? I think there's yeah. something to be said about just traversing that city. And and it's kind of a similar thing, like you said, with Spider-Man. I feel like for a lot of people, that's what stands out about that game of just swinging through the city feels so good. And for me, it was a similar thing in Arkham City of being able to like wrapple up and basically like shoot yourself up and then just kind of glide to where you were trying to get to go. It feels so good. Like just mm-hmm. moving through that city feels 
amazing. The, the Riddler trophies for me, like that was my favorite part of the game. Just like little environmental puzzles, like almost Breath of the Wild, a shrine, you know, on a much smaller scale, obviously, but just like tons of little, little environmental puzzles just dotted all over the map. I love that. I also feel like you can't not talk about the Mr. Freeze fight. It's, it's a really <laughs> great boss fight of just yes, it is. introducing like, hey, here you've been using all of these gadgets throughout the game. Now you're going to have to use them all. Like you, you just, you have to like, that's, it's kind of like a, a puzzly fight to a degree. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just done so well of making you really just use your entire arsenal as Batman to take down a big bad. For sure. Totally right, agree. Do you guys have any like random games that you want to mention that we haven't gotten to yet before we get to our last one that I want to mention? So, I mean, I've got some ideas on what the last one is, but what I... I put it in chat. So Yeah, you did. Okay. Uh, yeah, you just <laughs> on purpose. So I've, but... got, I've got two for sure, okay. but I'm interested. Anyone else have anything they want to throw out? I only have one. I have I have one that's interesting um, that we vaguely mentioned, and then I have one that I think is cool, but I can talk about those very quickly. Sure, go ahead, Vince. Well, okay. So uh, makes- the the, in- the interesting one is the Old Republic, the Bioware MMO, which I don't know a darn thing about, but I remember the marketing said it's basically KOTOR's three, four, five, and six because it's that big. And I was like, mm. and this was like when Mass Effect and Dragon Age were huge. Bioware was at the, their their peak, so like. The idea of the old republic like really fascinated me. I don't know a darn thing about it. I think it's still active, but but like that intrigues me just like on a level, but not enough to play it. I'm not going to invest in a monthly subscription or free to play model. And then the other game I really just really find very charming is Rayman Origin. Yes, the first where they oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. it's so fun. It's just it was it was it went it took Rayman post Raving Rabbids and post his 3D games of like Rayman three and Rayman two and put him back in a 2D platformer with that beautiful like Ubi art style with like hand drawn. Just a really fun, solid little platformer. Legends may be better, the one that came out after this. I think but so, Origins, but I, I'm with you here. Totally. But, it's but like Origins Sarah, was just like it was just like boom, this came out. And I'm like, holy shit, this is fun. Serotonin <laughs> distilled into video game yeah. form is like the yeah. Rayman platformers. Mm-hmm. So good. Yes, I'm glad. My other one is The Binding of Isaac, which I don't think anyone has mentioned. And, no, we uh, have not. We did uh, get one comment that I don't think I can find where he did mention that was one of his favorite games for 2011. That's my number five on my initial list of like my games of the year. And just uh, a seminal roguelike, I feel like. I mean, something that everyone should play, in my opinion. Just it's one of, It marries uh, one of those games that just takes its art design and gameplay and story and just marries them in such a perfect way. An absolute perfect Switch game. If you have a Switch, get uh, like, totally. and you're looking for something to play, Binding of Isaac is perfect for those, you know, just kind of short little sessions for you to go through and have your fun with it. There's enough variety in the upgrades and the characters and the weapons and stuff like that that you get. And if if you're into roguelikes or roguelikes, I I can't recommend it enough. It's so good. Yeah. The only yeah, other I, two. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I just found it a little gross. <laughs> it is a gross Super game, gross. <laughs> and not like, like all poo poo jokes are funny, but this was like 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 goo coming out of people, which I was like, mm, not. <laughs> so I don't have super fond memories of these, but uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two HD and Rocksmith were two like the last the last two games I just wrote down that someone may have a connection to. I it's bought Rocksmith. Rocksmith yeah, cool carried, like a, an idea. I carried it around for over. Nine years before I finally just dropped it off at Goodwill. Does that count? Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> I never opened it. I mean, I just carried the guitar 
from one place to another because I got it for dirt cheap because someone bought it at Sam's Club and returned it. So we had to mark it down. I got it for like 20 bucks and I just held on to it. I'm like, I'm never going to do this. And then I dropped it off. That's my story, Rocksmith. Uh, the only other one I have to mention, and I, I briefly alluded to it earlier, is Gears of War 3, which to me, again, suffers from that same problem that Uncharted 3 have of just being more of the same. I think Gears of War 2 is really well received and sold well, and it was a fun game. And Gears of War 3 is just more of the same. Yeah. Like, if, if you like those games, then you know what to expect going in. I think it does a good job of wrapping up that trilogy and giving it a satisfying conclusion. But there's really no innovation whatsoever there. Like, it's, it is the Gears of War that you've known to either love or hate. And you have that cover-based shooting. The multiplayer is still great in 3, and that was a big draw for me. Horde but mode, fantastic. Horde <laughs> yes. mode is super great. It, it's just a really solid game that I feel like, for whatever reason, people were just maybe burnt out on it and don't talk about it as much as they probably should, because it, it really is a satisfying conclusion to, to that story. It would be a top three game played, like playing time, probably behind Mass Effect 2 and Skyrim for me. I played a lot. <laughs> it's a good game. I've beaten it once, and I enjoyed it, and never went back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair, too. Oh, and the one comment I was talking about earlier from Andrew Gerties, he said, Blank is the easy answer, but the binding of Isaac deserves some appreciation as well. Blank, it's not Blank, but I'm saying the Blank. Blank is say. the game that you've been holding back. Yes, and from this one, I, I missed this one earlier, from Isa Bailey, Isaiah Bailey, did Space 2 is one of the best horror games ever. So there's that. Fair. Yeah. Okay. Let's see, I'm looking for, okay, this one I missed from earlier, but I want to read from Danny Palacio. Batman Arkham City, hands down, I'm a big Batman fan, absolutely loved the first game. I was so hyped for the game that I went to a midnight release of it and played it for a few hours when I got home. Skyrim was also really amazing, though. Yeah. Okay, I'm just looking for one particular comment that I want to read, and then we're going to talk about the, any, did you guys have any more honorable mentions you want to mention while I'm looking this up? Yeah, that was fun. That's all of mine. I think we got almost everything in there <laughs> all right and this comment from jake terrell dark souls baby Woo-hoo. i've been purposely waiting to say this so i have i have some good stories with this game so when dark souls came out i don't like hard games as anyone who listens to the show will know i don't like hard games i don't like it and dark souls came out i had a guy i was working with it was at, at sam's with me we would talk and he's like yeah i got dark souls and it's really good and he convinced me to pick it up so i went and bought it i got to the gargoyles and i hated the game I'm like this is a shit game this is too hard it's too stupid i don't like it and i i put it away and then you know years a year or two goes by and i pick it up again i'm like i really want to play this i got it for free on xbox gold at one point so i'm at my girlfriend's at the time and i'm playing it i hooked up my 360 this is when i'm in between apartments i'm in a really bad point in my life and i'm playing it and i remember starting like, i'm kind of liking it and then i i had to stop because she didn't want me to play it for one reason or another. Probably because she had a six-year-old, seven-year-old kid right there. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't be playing Darth. But eh, whatever. And and then I, I, I didn't pick it up again. It wasn't until like three years later or so I was randomly I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this game a try. And it clicked. I played it on PS3 and it just something about that game grabbed me. And I found out that it's the only game I ever played this way completely. But I would use a YouTube video, watch an area, listen to a podcast, watch all for fireballs, talk about the area. And then I would do it myself. And for some reason, it was like the weirdest way I played this game. Everything was Dark Souls for like a month. Everything. I mean, I was watching, listening. Everything was just Dark Souls nonstop. And I loved it. I had a similar experience. I got Dark Souls and Arkham City for Christmas. And 
I think that's what pulled me away from it was one. I, I had just never played anything like it before. And oh, similar situation. I got to those gargoyles. They kicked my ass and I was like, you know what? I'm having more fun as Batman. I'm going to go do that. And <laughs> I, I, I just didn't play it again for, for like a year. And one day I was going through, like trying to find someone to play. And I was like, you know what? I should give this another shot. And for whatever reason, just being willing to sit down and actually dedicate the time to play it because there was nothing else out at the time that I was really interested in. It completely grabbed me and quickly became one of my favorite games of all time. Oh, and a quick story I want to say before I pass the pass the mic on. Um, so I have one of my funniest stories. So when I was playing Dark Souls, I, I got to Sen's Fortress and I couldn't do it. I was getting my ass handed to me. My wife was at work. She's like, oh, hey, come for lunch. Okay, so I come for lunch. We're, we're having some. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. What's wrong? I'm all upset. I'm like, I can't get through Sen's Fortress. She's like, really? And <laughs> so he stuck with me because it was just, she got, like, she was, the concern all of a sudden when, it found, when she found out what it was, the concern just went away in a heartbeat. It was like, really? You're upset about yeah. this? I you was. don't know. <laughs> Couldn't do Sense Fortress. I did beat. I did do Sense Fortress. I beat Iron Giant that night, by the way, before I picked her up from work, and I was very happy. But fuck that. The Sense Fortress is when the was mm, that was fucking hard in Dark Souls. But it sounds yes. like you guys are honestly smarter than me. I banged my head against the fucking gravesite for like hours. It was just like this. Like fuck this. And <laughs> in, the, in the beginning, when, like whenever you get the to very, the first, literally very oh, beginning. No, yeah, yeah, don't like, go there. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like five, six hours. I was like, this game fucking sucks, and like put it away, and then. Uh, uh, Vincent, how about you? you? Have any experience with Dark Souls? Uh, I never played it because all the marketing around it scared me. I That's... remember reading like all the the people like around like even Demon Souls. I was reading all the one up people. So this would have been like your Bob Mackey's, your Cat Bailey's, your Jimmy Parrish's. They were all like really high or maybe Ray Barnhold too. And they were all really high on Demon Souls at the time. And then Dark Souls was coming out and I'm like, oh, OK, well, this is a sequel to it. I, I'm familiar. It's like a get good game. And I was just like. Don't, this is not the style of game like, I want to play and like having to go get my souls back. It doesn't sound like a fun thing if I lose. Like I'm actually going to like be worse. I mean, it's fine. I played in Shovel Knight. It's fine. But at the time I was like, oh, all the prospects of it don't sound good. And like anything that requires me to dodge with timing, like is just like never going to work for me. Like not. I can't play. Ba I can't play Bayonetta or any of those. Um, I think El Shaddai is actually one of those games that's that way. So maybe that'd be a bad investment of time for me because I just don't like to to have to wait and dodge and be patient well, and learn combat. I just like to match my head like a Dynasty Warriors game. Don't play Hellblade because that's like 90 percent okay. of that game. Mm -hmm. Oh, Blake, what were you going to say about Dark Souls before we lost you? Yeah, so I'm not sure where I cut off. Just like I just fucked it up, like literally banging my head against that late game area, of course. And then a year later, come back and realize like, oh, you're I'm, I'm an idiot. I wasn't even in the right spot. And of but, course, in, ended up loving it. Okay. Oh, and I have one last uh, funny story with this game. So I played this game wrong because that's what I do. It's an RPG. So I there's a point in this game where you go to um, the painted world of something it's called, and you can yes. sit there and grind the same enemies over and over and over again. And I did it for three days straight. I would just keep, I mean, I would, that would be, I'd load up the game, I'd play for hours and just grind, play for hours and just grind. And then when I finally went to go finish the game and went past that part, everything was nice and easy because I, I played it like an RPG. I just grinded I did, forever. I did the same. When I played through it, <laughs> I put, my way to victory, baby. I put seventy hours into this game. Seventy hours, nice. I I have not played the remastered because I, I have a part time job yeah. now that consumes my life called games my mom found, so I could never play this game again. I shouldn't say part time job; it's a fucking full time job. Who am I kidding? <laughs> <But laughs> doesn't that pays me a dollar a month right now? 
but that's where all my I just couldn't. But I someday I got it. I will play Dark Souls again. It's interesting that you like there's something about the way that introducing that mechanic of, hey, you die, you're going to lose everything. You have to go back and get it. And I personally had like not a great reaction to that whenever I first started playing it. And I think that was part of my frustration with quitting the first time that I did whenever I got to the gargoyles. And it's weird how that feeling just kind of goes away as the game goes on because you get so much for beating a boss. Oh, yeah. And then you're also, you know, finding items in the world that you can use to gain more souls and level up and stuff like that. Or if you want to farm, you can farm. And as the game went on, like I just began to like appreciate that aspect more often because I would be powerful enough to where, hey, this person caught me off guard or this trap caught me off guard. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to be ready for you next time, though, and I'm going to get those souls back. And it became less of a frustration in that first area of, okay, I can't beat this first boss. I'm trying to get to this first boss. And now I've just lost like my 2000 souls that I'm so just bent up about and then yeah. 20 hours in i have like twenty thousand souls that i'm just sitting on and, you know like hey the next boss might be over here i guess i'm gonna go ahead and journey on and see what i can find <laughs> it's that kind of game someday i'm gonna do it for the show but it's gonna be done differently so because i can't beat it in a week do you have a favorite boss anybody i don't remember i just remember the vagina dragon that gave me a lot of trouble that will always be his name <laughs> The vagina dragon? It's called a gaping dragon, but I swear that's what it looks like. I, yeah, like, the gaping dragon. That's that's that sticks out to me as well. That's where I first quit the game, and then it wasn't until years later came back. And I when I beat that dragon, I mean the amount of fear that dragon put in me when I beat it, I jumped up for joy. I cheered. I was so happy. Took my fucking like sweet boss design. Just great game design in general. There, like uh, for sure. All right, any last thing to say about Dark Souls? I'll take that as a no. Um, <laughs> It's its influence cannot be stated enough. I mean, yeah, I whenever you look at these games, I mean, we were talking about how, you know, Skyrim kind of paved the way for open world games. Mortal Kombat really set up a new trend for fighting games. And it's just unbelievable to see 10 years from now how Dark Souls has found its way into yeah. so much of the greater conversation of the industry, whether it's the kind of wrapping environments of leading you back to where you were before and that good game design, or if it's the losing your souls mechanic being placed in other stuff or just difficulty in general, kind of coming back and being something that people were interested in and wanting a challenge. Um, it, it's unbelievable how it's in the industry, a whole genre souls. Like, I mean, yes. literally. And before we wrap this episode, I'm just going to read a few of the comments that I got for games in general that I've been skipping from Melanie, Melanie, <laughs> Mel, I'm sorry. M. Hayshaw. <laughs> Dark Souls. It was a time in my life where I wasn't doing much gaming, even though I hadn't I had been doing some since I was two. I didn't have a lot of time for it because I was going to work and school at the time. And I also felt like most games that were coming out were lacking originality or didn't provide me any sort of challenge. And my friend gave me Dark Souls for my birthday. And it was like I was a kid playing Nintendo again. It was challenging and interesting with so many things to explore. So much depending on how well you built your character and how you use them. It completely restored my love of gaming from Gale Wynn, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Let me see here. Uh, Lucas Mercer, Dark Souls, Dark Souls, and then Dark Souls, because it's one of the greatest <laughs> ever made. <laughs> Not wrong. Yeah, that's fair. All from this group. I'm just going to double check a couple more that I might have missed. Oh, here's one. I don't, from Cody Smith, Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary Edition. Put a on a click on how to do a remaster. It's a good game. 
That is true. It huh? had that thing where you could press the button and switch between yeah. new graphics and old graphics without yes. having to go to a menu, which is an absurd thing to put into a game, but is so cool whenever you get into those moments and you just by the click of a button, you can be like, oh, yeah, I remember why this library was so confusing. Uh, from Nick Levac, Dark Souls. Andrew Lean, easy pick. Dark Souls won the goats and influenced practically every other game that came after it. And the last comment I want to read from Autumn Severe. I refuse to pick a game. So many good games came out that year. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it is a classic year. It is, you know, I, the thing I love about doing these year in games, I never look at the year ahead of time. I never, I just pick it and say, okay, let's see where we go. I only got it twice so far. it twice in a row now. 2007, because that was the year my son was born. 2011, because it was 10 years ago at this at the point that we're recording this, and you're here, and you will hear this in 20 in 2021. It might be December, but you will hear this in 2021. I will make sure of that. Nice. So. Because that was supposed to be recorded a long time ago, and I just didn't do it. And I think we should go to our, our final segment of this episode. Is going to be we're going to talk about everyone's top three games, or just you know we already talked about them, I'm sure. But uh, Vincent, would you like to go first? Sure. So <clears throat> starting with my list, number three, Mortal Kombat Nine. Number two, Portal Two, and number one, Super Mario 3D Land. It's the barst. Wow, 3D Land making the top. It's so good. It's so good. Like it, it. It, it's legitimately of all of these games, that's the one I will go back and play the most. I wish Portal I felt 2. the way you do about that game. Yeah. I love it. It's so fun. How about you, Blake? Man, it was really hard. Uh, I ended up with uh, Skyrim at number three, Limbo at number two, and of course, Mass Effect at number one. Okay. Mass Effect one, I didn't know it came out that year. Mass Effect two at number one. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. All right. Now, how about you, Lucas? Um, I had to go. I, I struggled with number three a lot, but ended up giving it to Skyrim just because that game's impact on me at the time it came out can't be understated. And I just have so many fond memories of playing that and talking to my friends about it. Number two would be Dark Souls. And the number one has to be Portal 2. It's it's one of the closest things to a perfect game out there, in my opinion. You're not wrong. All right. Uh, my three first would be Dead Space 2, because despite all my rage, I'm just a rat in a cage. Uh, number two, it's kind of tied with number one, but Portal 2, because I only just played it this year and I loved it, but God, that game stuck with me. And my number one, Chrono Trigger. It did come out this year, though, on <laughs> iOS, and it is my number one game of all time. But my number one for 2011 is Dark Souls. Even though I didn't play it, I mean, I didn't, I hated it in 2011, 2012, but God, I love it when I went back to it, and I can't stop thinking about how I want to replay it, but my wife will be upset with me if I do, because I've never gotten more upset at a game than I did with Dark Souls. And I feel like it's time for me. I need to check out the remaster, too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do it. I never finished Dark Souls. I finished 2, 3, Bloodborne. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm it's well now. worth it. The remaster will hit you up when we get there someday. Nice. The remaster yes. gets a lot of the problems with but that original. If you're going to play Dark Souls and you want, and you, the, the, the way that I played it, and I still recommend it, I will recommend it to everyone watch YouTube videos of what you're doing of someone that knows what they're doing. So you can, if you're okay and you will, and it will, it will make the game that much more enjoyable. If you're having a hard time in an area, watch, see what to do because it helps because dark souls is a puzzle game. I mean, it just, it just is. If you know what to do, you'll be okay. If you don't know what to do, you're going to get your ass handed to you over I'm going and over in blind. Fuck it. All right. Well, you got my condolences. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting that there are purists for that game that, you know, insists, Hey, don't use a walkthrough or anything like that. When, in reality, like using a walkthrough is super helpful at times mm -hmm. for that game. And it doesn't diminish the experience. Like the challenge is still oh, yeah. there. Like you're going to be running into those enemies that are difficult. You're still going to have to learn those boss patterns. There's nothing wrong with 
acknowledging the fact that you're lost or you don't know where to go next and just getting that guidance to be able to get to the next part of the game. Yeah, they're very dense and obscure. There's some things without a guide. I just don't think even hardcore games sword ever see or, or the sword that you do. get early in the game that will make a lot of the game much easier. You won't be invincible, but you'll have a good weapon. You have to shoot a dragon's tail from a certain angle that you would never know to do or even go there in order to get it. And it makes the game a lot easier. It's like the ring that lets you walk in water. Like that's legitimately, (laughs) that's like fucking a key item. And it's like most people would never even know how to get it. That's hurtful for you. You talked about the painted world. I mean, most people would probably skip over that entire area if, they either didn't explore the game thoroughly, thoroughly, or if they didn't use a guide. I, I mean, that's just a whole area that you could potentially yeah. miss. That's why I love, man. I, yeah, it's gonna happen on the show. Just yeah, <laughs> I don't want to yeah, play Dark Souls I, again. Now I'm in fire. Now the fire has been kindled. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll do that someday when I take like a two week off occasion. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna play Dark Souls and record about it. This, that's gonna be my job for two weeks. <laughs> just emerge right. with a big bushy beard and like <laughs> it's done i think we should wrap up this episode uh linton where can people find you at yeah so i am the host of some of my friends read comics it's a comic book podcast uh mike has been on it when we covered the super metroid comic um a few weeks ago um you can also find me on our youtube channel all my friends are right here i host a show called that was a game where I look at just weird video games. Um, generally, right now, I've been focusing on spinoffs and sequels of more popular games. I just posted an episode on Spanky's Quest for the Game Boy. And that's all my friends are right here oh, on YouTube. It's so good. And um, Luke, is like, you guys don't have anything to plug, if I remember correctly, right? No, I don't have anything to plug. Okay. If you no want to chat, Double check. you can find me in places, I'm sure. Otherwise, just leave me alone. I <laughs> hey, we're in the I watched the entire Overblood replay, Super Replay group on Facebook. All of us, or not all of us, but three of us. Yeah, absolutely. I love to chat with people in there and stuff like that on post. Um, be be nice to me if I say something stupid. <laughs> be kind of Lucas. You can find some of my old Flash reviews on Newgrounds.com from 2011. So if you go check those out, they're still around. <laughs> <laughs> all right and if you enjoyed the show there are over 250 other episodes for you to listen to i love being able to say that now There's 250 episodes of game my mom found so they don't all show yeah, up good. on itunes or spotify use podbean it will have everything because itunes spotify only go back 100 so if you're sending me a message asking me where is this episode that's where it is and it's all on youtube but it's only audio because i have not recorded a video yet because i don't want to go down that rabbit hole so not there one day one day i haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet but we are on youtube we are please follow us on facebook instagram twitter and as you might have been confused when you first heard this episode, we have a new intro and outro currently. Thanks to Helena, Hell Half Fury. You will see her link in the show notes to TikTok. Because I almost forgot to mention that to you. So if you were confused when you heard this intro, I was confused too because I forgot I was going to say that until the very end just now. So hey, it makes two of us. But there's a new intro currently. So I want to thank that. I better make sure to put that in here. And we have a Patreon I almost forgot to mention. For as little as a dollar, you can vote in our Patreon polls. I don't know what, the, what it will be this month, but I know there will be at least one or two. Because I don't know exactly when this is coming out. So either November or December. So definitely go check that out. And we will and thank everyone for listening. Thank you guys for joining me for this for us to go through the year 2011. Woo! There will be more of these. These are fun as hell. So there will be more of these eventually. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.